Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, Oh, no. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luthor, boardroom or ballroom. She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired (laughs) to discuss and review the Supergirl Season 6 episode titled A Few Good Women. There were a few of them. Just just a couple. A a handful. (laughs) A few good women in this episode. And uh, like a few good men, there was a courtroom drama that happened. Uh, I object <laughs> to a lot of that storyline. <laughs> and we do, we do have the Super Bowl Radio legal consultants with us to break down everything that happened in Lex Luthor's trial. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll get to your questions because I know I have some. Our listeners had some. So many, <laughs> so many questions. So we'll see see what they say because uh, I just a uh, spoiler alert. Uh, I don't think they were very happy about it either. So uh, <laughs> so I don't think the show did a great job with the legal part but we'll talk about that uh but before we get into the episode we need to get to the news that's me yeah uh, i had you going first with the news this time that was a mistake uh uh, according to thomas lennon's instagram oh i know why you did this Mizzy's Pillock might be returning for the final season of Supergirl. He posted a video with the text saying, you won't be ready at Supergirl CW. Oh. Am, am I that transparent? I guess I am. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, that's really exciting. So, uh, so I, I, I'm curious now how, if, if, if Mixie does come back, what capacity is he coming back in? That hair is intense, isn't it? I've I've never like really focused on it as much as I do in that TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, he definitely played with it uh, to style it a certain way. But he does. Uh, if you're not watching the video, uh, Thomas Lennon posted a video on his Instagram where he uh, teases. I, I think I don't know if that's one of those chairs, like a little you know the sign on the back of the chairs that the cast sits in. Um, but he does have a Supergirl uh image that has uh i guess it's uh mr mix yes uh and uh so it sounds like he is coming back uh for the final season so this will be the third appearance third. of mix yes yeah because it was season two right last season Se- season two he tried to marry supergirl he was he was very into that yeah, last season when he was like, Cara Danvers, this is your life. Um, <laughs> yes. Lena's always mad at you. Um, <laughs> and then I, I don't know, what's, what's he gonna, got up his sleeves for this season? I'm excited. It's always something fun with him. 
Yeah, I think Thomas Lennon is a really good mixie. Uh, I mean, Pierre Gaudio was was also great. He he played a different take on it, um, but I, I think Thomas Lennon is a really good fit for that character. So I'm excited to see him come back. So uh, we'll have to wait and uh, see when he shows up because who knows when that will be. Uh, I, I wonder if he'll be in these first seven episodes before we go on the, the TBD hiatus. I don't, <laughs> I don't know when that's going to happen. I kind of hope. I mean, I hope so, but it seems unlikely if he's filming now. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Rachel uh, says there were set photos featuring him. So I guess he is shooting oh. things now. I try not to look at the set pictures. Uh, I tell people all the time, don't don't send me things. I don't want, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm trying to keep as, I don't spoiler free as possible. <laughs> Although I got spoiler uh, spoiled on the mystery character in the Phantom Zone this week and I was not happy about it. Uh, because I was I was really pulling for Zaltar, but uh, I know I just wanted to, I wanted to see Jason Bear in like a, just a comfy sweater, like a comfy multicolored sweater. That's the kind of energy I wanted from him. It's okay. It was still great. He was still great. Yeah, but but he he was good as uh, the character of Zor El, the recasting of Kara's father. So we'll get to talking about that as well. Uh, the other news that we have, uh, in and this is Supergirl Radio news. Uh, we are announcing uh, a new contest. We like to throw a contest here on the podcast uh, to to give people free, awesome stuff. Uh, so we commissioned our friend and podcast guest at Olin Samuel on Twitter. And uh, you'll also find uh, Olin Samuel on Instagram to draw what we refer to as a flat Supergirl for a lack of a better term. I don't know if there's a better name that we can give her. Uh, but this is uh, what Aww. we're talking about here. And she so is cute. she is the cutest. And what this is basically, and I can also um, show you mine if I can get to it. Hang on a second. Uh, I've got a lot of moving parts. <laughs> okay, so I have my flat Supergirl here. Oh, is she green screening? She's not. She's uh, okay. there's no green on her. She's okay. good. A good thing was, it wasn't a flat brainy or else it would just straight in. You would not see anything. Uh, <laughs> so I will uh, make this go full screen. So what this is, is basically uh, we have a link in the video description uh, that you can go and click on and you can print out this this flat Supergirl. If you if y'all have a better name for her, feel free to let us know. Uh, but you print it out, and I didn't do a great job cutting. I almost cut her foot off, but it's it's fine. It'll work. <laughs> um, but uh, but you cut out the Supergirl, and then I just uh, taped her to a little popsicle stick. Shout out to St uh, Steel City Pops, the best uh, popsicles in Alabama, in my opinion. Um, but uh, so you'll you'll create your flat Supergirl, and then uh, you'll take her with you somewhere. Uh, to some awesome location in your city or doing, uh, you know, mundane chores with you at your house. And you're just <laughs> going to take a picture. You, you can either do a selfie with her or you can just take a picture of her doing things or being in locations. Put her to work. Make her do some housework for you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so the idea of this contest is you're going to take a picture, your choice, be creative as you like with your with your flat Supergirl. And uh, you're going to tag us in those those posts can be on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and uh, do it throughout the season. You can enter multiple times, take as many pictures as you want. And by the end of the season, probably in the uh, the oh, the series finale, it's not oh. going to be the season finale this year. It's going to be the series that, finale. That bums me out. <laughs> <laughs> it does bum me out a little bit. Um, but in our uh, our live stream, our discussion review of the series finale, we will pick a winner of all the things. 
uh, that uh, pick, pick a winner of the pictures that you guys tag us in. Uh, so tag uh, Supergirl Radio. And uh, we picked a hashtag, hashtag Supergirl Adventures. So make sure you use the hashtag as well. Um, there aren't, there is that hashtag does exist, but I think they're really? like two, they're like two posts on Twitter. So I That's think okay. we we're taking it over. So we're just, we're just going to co-opt it. So basically, um, we're now. just, we're just, like, uh, like the time slot used to be <laughs> right, right, right. So we are going to just have fun with this. It, the idea of it is yeah, Supergirl's ending, but you can literally take her with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's Aww. sort of an, an emotional metaphor. Uh, <laughs> She'll be in your heart, but also maybe in your pocket. Uh, <laughs> your purse anywhere <laughs> so so have fun with this it starts now if you want to uh print it out and cut it out while you're watching the live stream go for it um but yeah so this uh, i'll probably uh be trying uh some of these photo ops uh with with my uh flat supergirl who is almost missing a, t a toe uh <laughs> but uh feel free to start doing that this week and uh we'll compile them and uh judge them by the end of the season and the person who uh, gets picked a winner uh, we'll send you some free stuff because everybody loves free stuff. That's um, exciting. Maybe from T Public. Uh, so uh, if you like <laughs> stuff in our T Public store, we'll send you some stuff. And uh, so that is our contest that we are going to do. I'm going to put uh, a flat Supergirl away. She's going to. I don't know if I can. can I, I have to her? say, I maybe have I to highlight her with my microphone. I have to highlight this comment because it made me actually laugh as you were talking. Danny says, "Have her do something she would never do, like writing an article." <laughs> <laughs> Like going to work. Take her to work with you so she can experience what work is like. She's never been. Kara doesn't do much work. She could actually take some uh, lessons from Nia because Nia actually, she was like, oh, I got a text message from Katko. I got to go to work. So, <laughs> oh no, I've got to go to work. <laughs> she was offended too. She's a little offended. Oh, what? <laughs> So maybe maybe your flag uh, Supergirl could teach uh, the, the <laughs> Cara of the TV show a thing or two. So just uh, wanted to let everybody know that that is a contest that we're going to hold for the rest of this final season. So uh, with that, uh, Morgan, should we get started talking about the episode? Because we got a lot. We got a lot to talk We've about. We've got a lot to dig into on this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here is the official description. Quote, as the stakes with Lex are raised higher than ever before, Lena must decide how far she is willing to go to stop her brother. Meanwhile, Supergirl and the team are faced with a challenge unlike anything they've ever dealt with, bef uh, dealt with before. And it brings Alex to her breaking point. I guess breaking point is throwing Chinese food against the wall. Is that... I I mean, she wasted some Chinese food. That's, yeah, that's dark. I mean, that's that's when you know Alex is really hitting her up. When passion. she's throwing the pot stickers against the wall, oof, uh -huh. it's gotten real. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I want to start this conversation off uh, talking about power. Can we can we talk about power? Should we talk about power? I feel like we should talk about power. It is the theme of the season, as we all know. Uh, and I, I just want to point out, uh, let's see, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count how many times it was said. So the word power, one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, eight, with a variation on power with powerful. Uh, mm. So I just I just want to play a real a clip from a couple of episodes, uh, a couple of episodes ago, just just to kind of um, get a conversation started. You can have a theme, but it doesn't all have to be okay. Well, now everybody's got to be about power. <laughs> there's there's going to be a word of the episode. You you can guarantee it. In the first like episode, it. they're going to drop the word power five times. 
Rebecca, that was powerful. I just want to say I was right. And they actually did it more than I thought they would. I thought five was like the bare minimum. Like you can't you can't do more than five. That's just really pushing it. But they, they went overboard. Um so, Vindication. <laughs> so I but that's to be expected. It's the first episode of the season. Uh, this, you know, this starting this new storyline. So I guess they had to get it really get it in there, hit the hit that theme hard. Um, so I guess my question is uh, to, you know, I, I could talk about the, the, some of the writing and how I thought it was pretty awful and terrible. Um, but maybe we'll actually be more introspective and thoughtful <laughs> about it. Um, so Morgan, who, who do you think was wielding power and who was, uh, lacking power in this episode? It's a good question. That's like a book club question. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Like, we like oh. book clubs here. Uh, we do. We do. We had fun with the last book club. I'm really, all of me is thinking about this question. Not That's even, correct. not just a piece of me. Not just part um, of you. Not just part of me. All, all of me. <laughs> um, who, yeah. Well, obviously, you know, Lex Luthor is very powerful. Uh, he gives an what I would consider an unhinged speech and somehow it works (laughs) in that courtroom. Um, I think it's, uh, we also have Lena sort of taking back her power going like, no, no, you can't, you can't just take over my mind control weapon and make it bad. But did, but did Lena she lose? But did she lose power by the end of it? Uh, because she she takes her power back and she's like, I'm gonna look in the face of the person who's like kind of tormented me the most in my life, except for my mom, uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna take my power back and I'm gonna say no, sir. And he flips it on her and he takes her power away. I think by the end. Um, but she's she's not down and out. She's like, okay, well, let's regroup. Um, who knows what's going on with Andrea up uh, ever. Um, <laughs> uh, I think William's mad about something. He, he seemed real cranky. He, he just kind of watched TV all episode. I, I guess he was supposed to serve as the audience, uh, ombudsman. Is that the correct use of that? Oh. Uh, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to news it up and <laughs> bigger words in my vocabulary. Uh but he I guess he was like supposed to be the audience like watching the trial as it was happening, but it also kind of seemed like he didn't have anything to do in this episode. The the world's fastest uh court trial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did seem like it happened within like a day. I don't know. And then of course we have Kara, our main character show our main character uh, (laughs) who had lost her power in the phantom zone but then rediscovers a figure from her past it's Sorel. Sorel, who's kind of gone a little bit phantom zone crazy but like not as much as you'd expect so like good for you dude good for you (laughs) um and then i think you know for nia i think it's a big it's a big power episode because she gets to train a thing we almost never get to see her do when she's trying to develop a new power usually they just pop up randomly so i thought that was fun um, and then Alex obviously d- realizes by the end of the episode when she's throwing those pot stickers that she's kind of powerless to mm. save her sister. <laughs> so, yeah. And one thing about Dreamer, which I thought was really interesting, is that Brainy has to give her a pep talk. 
because she feels like she she's not as powerful as she should be, that she wishes she had the ability to control her her power a little better and be a better hero. Uh, so that was that was kind of an interesting little wrinkle for Dreamer there. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm curious about what other people uh, thought, because I, I think I agree with you on most things. Um, the one uh, character I don't think we mentioned was Lillian. Do you, do you uh, think she's <laughs> listen, Lillian, Lillian, like if if she had a word, I think it would be power. She's <laughs> she knows how to rock a power suit. She mm. knows how to be the most powerful person in most rooms. She knows how to flip the script when you think she's out. She, you're like, she's like, actually, no, I'm not. Um, so she kind of she does sort of change midstream on what horse she's backing and by horse i mean child um <laughs> horses do play a big part of their the, the lex lena relationship <laughs> that though. is that is true lena's still mad about it i mean lex is still mad about it clearly i'm surprised it didn't come up in the in the trial I thought it would have been great as like as he's ranting and he's like she was always off with her horses i was never <laughs> invited to ride <laughs> If it had continued on, I'm sure he would have introduced that as some kind there, of evidence. There's probably of, like on the cutting room floor, like 10 minutes of John Cryer, just like talking about horses that they were like, I think we went too far with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there, uh, there are uh, lots of good thoughts here in the chat. Uh, Taylor says William was uh, deflated by the end of the episode. Yeah. He was sort of kind of giving up. He was like, what's That's the true. point of this in, anymore? Which, which is the question I was kind of asking about Catco. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad I'm glad he he voiced it. Um, and also to that point, Andrea's kind of feeling powerless. She uh, she says, "Oh, what did she say?" She has some great line about how she had messed up with Catco. Oh, you would think that she'd be feeling a little bit better about all that fraud that she did last week. She did do some <laughs> fraud. Um, and yeah. she got away with it, presumably so far. So. Yeah, and I guess things are fine with her and her dad. I don't. I don't know. Uh, Andrea, maybe look on the look at the silver lining and think about all that fraud you got away with. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she feels kind of down and out about what happened to Catco, but uh, she she wants to talk about uh, the power of the press. So that's her whole driving force, I guess, of the season. She wants to build Catco up because she she completely uh, eviscerated Obsidian North, which. <laughs> We'll and almost to- some people's brains. <laughs> I know, almost some people's brains. And uh, so Andrea is a character I, w- I have questions about when we uh, get with the legal consultant. <laughs> I have so many questions about Andrea, by the way. Does it seem to you as if everybody is forgiving her very fast and very easily? <laughs> I I guess this goes back to the question we had before is like, how how is Keck, like, why is she still working there? <laughs> she should not have that job. If you, Why has if she you, not been fired? <laughs> I don't understand how she still has a job. Uh, I don't know. I guess Obsidian North. But see, Obsidian North and Catco were connected, right? They were connected, definitely. Yeah. They were like one parent company. From so, what I understood. Like, let's see yeah. the org chart. I, I, I ask this a lot. <laughs> but if I could just see the org chart, how do they connect? Yeah, because I would assume that like if you if you screwed up one company and completely eviscerated it to the point of trying to mind wipe or mind control the world, 
it doesn't seem like people would be really happy about you running the other company. It doesn't seem like people would trust you. <laughs> but I feel like, do you remember that 30 Rock joke where it turns out that like NBC is owned by Shineheart Wig Company? Yes. Like, I feel like- There is an org chart on 30 Rock. Yeah. It's like down what, in the, 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 <laughs> the, the, like, the, the That's thing. what we need. We need to find yes. out, like, what's the Shineheart Wig Company? That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's like the CatCo and Obsidian North holding company. Like, that's that's over top of everybody because I don't why are why is anybody allowing her to still be the CEO I don't understand I don't I don't understand it either <laughs> but uh, I guess I guess they they trust her enough at CatCo that uh, she is still running uh, and assigning things for uh, CatCo magazine which they said it was a magazine this week okay cool they, Fun. <laughs> <laughs> last week it was a newspaper this week it's a magazine it's great uh, so, uh, well, <laughs> I, I guess she was doing her Lex Posey's is like editorials in the magazine. I guess that I guess that makes sense. That yeah, uh, that tracks. But it also kind of seems like that would be outdated by the time you putting a magazine together is not like a quick turnaround. No, it, I it's, actually have to publish a magazine for my job, and I do it once a year, and it stresses me out, and it takes me like three months to do. It's very hard. Like you're not just like f like opening up InDesign and going like, hold on, I'll just put it wherever. <laughs> like what? Did they not watch The Devil Wears Prada, mm. where Meryl Streep talks about how cerulean blue <laughs> becomes <laughs> becomes a popular color? Like, do you think that 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 Anna Wintour is just like, okay, let's just get out the Daily Magazine of Vogue? What? No, that's not I guess I guess maybe Cat Go Co and it's uh, worldwide media. I guess I guess they've got it down to a maybe you know, maybe Cat a real Co science. Is, maybe Cat Co is more like People Magazine. It's just like a oh a, maybe like you open like a it weekly. up and there's like a lot of pictures of like people taking out their garbage, like local national city celebrities like taking out their garbage. Like Supergirl, she's just like the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> now I would buy it if it was more like a People. Yeah, me that, too. That comes out pretty quickly. And there's so, not okay. a, the, you know, the, the font's really large. <laughs> yeah, I can maybe buy it there. But yeah, the, the Andrea stuff, I, I didn't understand uh, too much about why she still has a job. But she she was trying to get uh, get Lena to get on camera and confess her, her sins. And then Lena did it anyway, but just in a courtroom setting. So it was fine. Uh, so that was, that was really interesting. Um, it seems like Lena, I mean, Lena, I guess because of her own experiences of kind of flirting with the dark side um, seem to really uh, give up on like just really accept Andrea despite the fact that like I don't know what's the timeline on the show how many days ago was it that Andrea tried to kill someone <laughs> 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 like actual murder she's like uh, she's like lena i do have to say thanks for talking me down from that murder and lena's like please who among us right <laughs> am i right <laughs> she, she did a little fraud she did try to uh kill supergirl um so she, she like has done the, some things in the reality of the show i need to know a timeline because in the reality show how long ago was that like how much time is passing that was a question i had a lot in this episode especially with the courtroom stuff but also like them trying to find her from the phantom zone like how long has she been in there how long has it been it seems pretty quick because didn't they are so okay in the premiere which was actually supposed to be the season five finale but we'll call it for the premiere because uh, technically that's what it was uh, but they defeated uh, defeated leviathan uh, who we still by giving up 
stomp on them. <laughs> it's, I just want to remind everybody, it's episode two of season six. We still don't know who the head of Leviathan is, and I don't think we'll ever know. Uh, so I guess that's a thing <laughs> I'm going to have to make peace with. Uh, but they defeated Leviathan, and then Supergirl goes into the Phantom Zone, and it seems like they just picked it up from there. So it seems like a really quick quick turnaround. seems yeah, like everything's happening really dead. Right. Uh, right after each other. So uh, I don't know the exact timeline, but it seems like things have progressed quickly. Um, so I guess, uh, Morgan, I'll turn it over to you. What, what are some things that you want to talk about? What, what are the, some characters? Or they Just uh, remember, uh, we're going to save all the legal stuff. All the legal uh, stuff for, for a that. special <laughs> segment. I can't wait because that's really <laughs> so much of that is what I want to talk about. Um Let's see. Let's see. What do I want? Well, I guess like the car stuff I thought was pretty interesting. So I get, so I do have some questions and, and specifically for you. And I, I was going to text you and then I was like, well, I should save it for the podcast. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> it, the phantom zone, the, hmm. this interpretation of the phantom zone, I want to know, is this how it's been in other comic versions? Because it seems like, are there dementors usually in the phantom zone? Um, and the Dementors? Yeah. Is that like a Phantom Zone thing that's that's popped up in other versions? It seems new to me. If I remember correctly, Smallville had some actual phantoms that would fly around. Um, I've never seen any that looked like kind of living <laughs> living beings. Uh, that normally, like suck, that like suck the joy out of you. Is that like, that felt like a new wrinkle? <laughs> but, but if you eat some chocolate, you'll be okay. You'll recover pretty quickly if you eat some chocolate. <laughs> um, but uh, no, this I think this was different in the fact that, um, uh, well, yeah, they actually like Smallville had you know phantom like things. Do you remember at the end of season three when those like phantom thingies like carried rain away and that's how they got rid of rain? Yes, that's kind of what. I think the phantoms from Smallville, if I remember correctly, were kind of like, they were like kind of mm. little ghostly translucent sort of, you know, because yeah, I, I was getting strong prisoner of Azkaban vibes, um, <laughs> but I didn't want to judge it too harshly. Cause I was like, you know, I don't remember. I haven't read every, you know, S Superman thing. And there's so many different interpretations of what any Superman story aspect is. So possibly this is pulled from something. This uh, like the idea of there being phantoms in the phantom zone and they like suck out your joy until you're just a hollow husk and, you know, um, you're in wizard jail. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So let's run down what the phantom zone uh, and the phantoms do. So the phantoms are what make the phantom zone so terrible. They feed on your fear, making you live it. They're like shadow spores that creep inside you and affect everything good and right. And then turn it against the host. Your nightmare becomes your reality and it's possible to go insane. And Zorel even says the phantom zone isn't something you can fight. Uh, so I, I, I can't remember if there are other interpretations of the Phantom Zone where, like, it uh, it haunted you. I, I always thought the Phantoms were just kind of, like, pests that would bother you and, like, fly around and make your life miserable. I, I, I've i never seen, like, the eyes go white and, like, making you relive your your worst nightmare kind of thing. I don't, I don't think... Uh, I can't remember. In, it's interesting in the um, Silver Age comics of Supergirl, especially with, with the Les Lar stuff. Um, but in, yeah, I think it even happens with the Superman stuff, especially when like um, Monel goes into the Phantom Zone. It's usually depicted as uh, more black and white, more monochrome than a mm -hmm. colorful place. Um, so I, I think in those comics, it's just kind of like you're in prison. You know, it's not like a 
a terrible like it's a terrible place because you can't get out or you're not supposed to get out but i don't think it yeah. like, does anything to your mind yeah that seemed like a new interpretation of the phantom zone to me and i was like oh okay okay i was just wondering if there was any basis in like superman lore or like comics or anything because i was gonna be like oh yeah it's like harry potter and then i figured like people are gonna be like no it's actually exactly like the phantom zone I was like okay so i didn't wanna i wanted to just like preface my question yeah if um uh, if you if if anybody in the chat has some thoughts on that, let us know if there's something that we're missing. Uh, I need to go back and um, uh, and rewatch uh, Krypton season two. I believe is when they go to the Phantom Zone. There, it, that was pretty cool. The the way they depicted, uh, I, if I remember correctly, it was more like you were in you were in this like big room, and I remember like mirrors in there. I need to go back and rewatch it, but it was a pretty cool. Uh, way to depict it there's also a different phantom zone in the i want to say it's the lego batman movie yeah it's been i feel like i watched that fairly recently and i i couldn't tell you but yes i believe that they do go there (laughs) um so well maybe we'll do like a it's not a character but maybe we could do a character spotlight on the phantom zone after the show is over uh, we could since since we didn't get a chance to do it because surprise the show came back and we weren't prepared for it whoops so uh so maybe (laughs) we'll tell us (laughs) we'll go go back and do some research on the different depictions of uh the phantom zone Uh, now do you think that zor-el is real or do you think that he's like a figment of her imagination caused by the Phantom Zone weirdness? Okay, so we have some listener theories about that, actually, that Ooh. I was going to do in feedback. But now seems like a good time. Uh, so Katie wrote in with two theories. She says, uh, I have a theory that Kara's dad isn't really in the Phantom Zone, but is actually a figment of her imagination meant to discourage her and slowly uh, attribute to her insanity while there. Uh, she also has a theory that uh, well, she's worried that Lex will continue convince the DA to bring charges against Lena. <laughs> uh, so uh, that could definitely happen. Um, so Katie thinks that maybe something's going on with Jor-El, uh, with Zorel. And Gina also wrote in about Zorel saying, quote, I'm a little suspicious about uh, Kara finding her actual father in the Phantom Zone. I don't know if her getting her mother and father back is conducive to her whole story arc about losing her whole world, unquote. Um, so Morgan, what are your thoughts on that? Because I think Gina makes a really good point. If if the the thing that really uh, attracted me to the character of Supergirl and uh, what I think made her so different than Superman is that she lived on Krypton. She had a life there. She had a family there. And then Krypton exploded. She lost all of that. And now it seems like on the show, she's just going to have a happy ending with her mother and father. And so I don't know. That takes away a little bit of the tragi- tragedy of her character that I always thought made her so hopeful. Yeah, I I agree with that. I can also see a scenario in which the the Zorel who's been in the Phantom Zone for a really long time still looking great. By the way, Jason Baird. Well, it doesn't time, age. Time doesn't pass there. <laughs> I was texting Sa- Sarah from DC TV after dark, and I uh, we used to love Roswell in high school, uh, and I used to have such a big crush on Jason Baird. And so when he popped up, I was like. Ooh, and then so I'm texting her pictures like he hasn't aged and he really hasn't. He it's insane uh how how young he still looks. Yeah, there's something um, about that that phantom zone beard. I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, he he did look good. Looking good, Jason Bear. <laughs> um but I I I kind of wonder if will like if he gets to leave the phantom zone and he is indeed not just a figment of her imagination. Will he 
did the Phantom Zone change him? Is is he gonna be maybe kind of bad? Because I think we've certainly seen some Zorels that were not so nice. Uh, you know, in Rebirth, he was um like the cyborg Superman Zorel, but he was not a cool dude. It, it does feel he, like he, um, he was trying to uh, uh use people's bodies to resurrect his uh his dead loved ones, if if I recall, like making people and he turning people into zombies. If I remember and correctly, I feel like one of our complaints about this, the rebirth comic is that uh, it feels like she discovers that her dad maybe wasn't such a good dude, like every other issue. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder, like, is, is that what we're going to get on the show? Like, is it going to, is she going to finally, she escapes the phantom zone. She's got her dad, but uh, Oh, dad. And like, he's like, Oh, I'm free. <laughs> But he can't become Cyborg Superman because we already had Cyborg Superman. You remember when David Harewood had the like the, yeah. half of the the Phantom the Opera mask? It's pretty great. It was uh, it was not great. Those um, are but... some times. <laughs> <laughs> that so we've was already dark secret. <laughs> <laughs> so we we have seen um, Cyborg Superman, so he couldn't do that. So I think there are maybe two options for Zorel. Uh, well, actually, I guess three, since we've got some listener theories. Uh, one, he's a sort of a figment of Kara's imagination as she slowly becomes uh, more insane as she spends time in the Phantom Zone. Uh, or he could uh, go the way of Zaltar, where he helps Kara escape, but he doesn't make it. That could be something that happens. And um, maybe that, you know, he, he serves his purpose after such a long time, but maybe she doesn't get that happy ending, but she does, you know, get help from him. Or three, they both go into the uh, portal through the anchor of Fort Roz, which I was like, what? Um, uh, oh, I didn't follow that at all, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so it's possible that they, they have a happy ending. Um, I don't know how I feel about it exactly. Uh, let, me, let me see, just to make sure we're we're on the same page about the, <laughs> the Fort Roz thing. Uh, Alora once told Kara that Fort Roz is rooted in space above the rocks by an anchor. My question is, did Argo, did the people of Argo do that? Or did it just, you know, because Kara chunked Fort Roz into space and it, I just thought it was like floating in space. <laughs> Just trying to, you know, just map it out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So That's I very don't... confusing. I, I, I feel like sometimes with the Supergirl storylines, instead of just kind of doing something direct, they, like, come up with the most convoluted explanation that, like, uh, I feel like it's hard for me to follow it. And, like, what what is the casual viewer of this show? Or, like, they following <laughs> that the that it's rooted in, like, by a thing in space, the Fort Ross? Because I'm not. <laughs> I mean, if we're having trouble with it, the, the, gen the general public who doesn't really know much about this stuff probably <laughs> is like, okay, whatever. Uh, I guess that's a thing. Um, so I, I guess maybe people, you know, I, I don't want to uh, underestimate people's ability to understand stories. I can, I can, I can accurately describe my inability to understand stories. Oh yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to judge anybody else's. Um, so I, I'm assuming maybe people at least will have heard it. I don't know if they'll understood uh, have understood it, but uh, but yeah. So I guess there is that. That's um, kind of how they're supposed to get out of the Phantom Zone. They've got. They've got to go through a portal in the base of Fort Roz. Uh, and we sure. saw at the end, uh, sure. <laughs> and we saw at the end of the episode, there was a portal. They did find it. 
uh, if I remember correctly. So yeah, well, the a couple of the phantoms escape the phantom zone. Um, so in some ways, I think that they can really thank the super friends for that being there being a way out, and also um, Silas the vampire alien <laughs> from Transylvania. From Transylvania, uh, did them a super solid. He's like, <laughs> sorry, sorry about your possession, though. We do feel bad about that, but <laughs> thanks for that little crack in the Phantom Zone. <laughs> yeah, I was a little disappointed that they just left a portal to the Phantom Zone open. I was like, what are y'all doing? What are you doing? Uh, but just they, in case they she work the, yeah, just in case she wants to like walk in, it's like a doggy door to the Phantom Zone. <laughs> now, why open. did you do that? <laughs> Uh, but they they got it closed out and they got all the, the fandoms back in there. So I, I guess speaking of Silas, we did have uh, Claude Knowlton who plays Silas in the chat earlier. Um, so what? Uh, not not that that should color your thoughts no, on the character or the performance. Um, but uh, what, what did you think about uh, getting to meet Silas? Because I think we're going to be spending more time with him. I think so, too. So my question was like, first and foremost, is this... Uh, has has this ever sh- have this race of alien vampires from Transylvania have is that a basis in the comics or were they just having a good time? Uh, I I don't know of any. Uh, I was trying to think <laughs> if there were any uh, vampire aliens in DC. If anybody in the chat knows, uh, let us know. Um, I was like, this is new and I like it. <laughs> I was a little disappointed. I'm gonna be honest because I was like, no Kryptonian werewolves. You have it right there. You could have introduced. They're working up to it. We're gonna have the vampire aliens from Transylvania. Then we're gonna get Kryptonian werewolves, and then by October, we're doing the monster mash. Yes, yes. (laughs) Halloween episode. It's gonna be a graveyard smash. Oh my gosh, (laughs) we're gonna be so disappointed. (laughs) We keep pitching such great ideas. So good. (laughs) Such a good idea. Um, Yeah. My my question was because I was trying to figure out. because it was so specific for him to be a vampire. You know, yeah, he could right? he could have just been I mean, we've seen aliens before where like they have like interesting ears or they have, you know, things on their hands or their arms or something, but but uh he had a a very vampiric uh a need to get the blood and he did a lot of the same things that um Sam Whitworth does on being human when he is a vampire. He's like I work at a hospital. I'll just steal this blood. <laughs> gotta break. Gotta break into the blood bank. What is the alternative, though? He's Silas is kind of in a in a tough position, but it does make me have some questions about his home world of Transylvania. Like, where where are they getting the blood from? There is if everyone's a, a oh, vampire. That's a, good, that's a good point. Who are they getting the blood from? <laughs> is that how they all become vampires? Or is that like constantly turning each other into vampires? (laughs) It's just a a never-ending cycle. (laughs) That's how they have a whole planet. Vampiric human centipede over there. uh... (laughs) But so, or is it a thing where, like a like a Kryptonian like thing, where suddenly she's super powered on Earth because of the yellow sun? Like maybe when he got to Earth, he was like, oh, what a great planet. He's like walking outside and he's like, why do I want human blood? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it could, it, it could be something like that. I just was trying to find, cause, cause it could have been any kind of alien, any, any kind. I mean, you could have had Kryptonian werewolves. So why a vampire was my question. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to come into play in vampires. Is, is he going to be able to, well, I, I guess he can't fight the phantoms that way. 
um, because he he was, you know, rightfully scared of the phantoms and what they could do. So I don't think his his vampire teeth could help him against the phantoms. So I was just curious, like, why why vampires? Just because the writers liked vampires? I don't know. Um, it, it did kind of feel that way, honestly. It was like, you know what, you know what, zany vampires. And like, <laughs> listen, I kind of like that chaotic energy. I'm kind of there with them, honestly. I was like, <laughs> why are they a blood bank? Is that a vampire? Am I watching Buffy? <laughs> I'm into it. I, I will say, Claude, uh, you you rocked the the fangs uh, really well. It, Good I, luck. Uh, much like uh, Laura Vandervoort as Indigo with her her great hand acting, <laughs> I think Claude was really working the fang action because he he so really too. he really embraced because that's got to be hard to have like stuff in your like teeth. the prosthetics yeah. yeah so so the ability to kind of show them without like it being weird or awkward uh, so I guess that's got to be tough to play a vampire but uh, but I, I, I thought uh, Claude as, as Silas was was good and I thought the character Silas. Had some really good moments, especially with Kelly uh, there when she was trying to help him kind of get over the guilt that he had over uh, Owen and not being able to save um, his husband. I think um, they were married, right? Uh, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that was really, it was a really good, I'm always so thankful when there are like character beats on the show right? and we don't, and we don't, ha- I don't have to like make a whole bunch of notes about what the phantoms do and what <laughs> Brainy has done with his simulation. When I can just like watch like, a scene. Yeah. When it's like based in character stuff. And I thought that what was really great about his character that they introduced was not only that the backstory was really interesting. And honestly, I wanted to get more into it. I was like, I want to know more about this backstory. Like how, how did they meet? Like how did his husband get into the phantom zone? Like they didn't really, they touched on it, but they didn't really get too far into it. But I think it really gave that phantom zone storyline a lot of heft because we see Kara in there and we see that it's a scary place with dementors and stuff. But, and we see her, you know, her father, maybe, um, who's, who's <laughs> her, not her who's father, her father, he's a little <laughs> cranky in there, certainly, but looking great. Um, <laughs> but, uh, well, Silas, I think brings home like how scary the phantom zone is and how tough it is for the other people, the people on the other side who, you know, we're going to see obviously all of the super friends, but especially Alex, you know, that's that what happens when it's your person who's gone and you're trying everything to get them back. And I think, you know, there was kind of a, I think you could see in Alex, in Silas, kind of like what could happen with Alex if she gets so far into this and she like can't let, you know, can't let go and has to keep trying. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that from Alex's point of view because I just connected more to that Silas Kelly scene. But Alex did have a moment with him where she tried to get him to shut that Phantom Zone <laughs> portal and uh, and he did it uh, by banging on a tablet. And I was like, no, that's not how any of this works. Like, you can't, like, hit a, an iPad to make it work. It's going to break it. Listen, Silas is very smart, <laughs> and he came up with an app for that, okay? I, I did notice it. I was like, what app is he using to make this Phantom Zone technology? <laughs> Phantom Zone, the app. The the only thing that I questioned about his story was that uh, Silas's husband, Owen, was falsely accused of theft and sentenced to six months in the Phantom Zone. Six months seems 
seems like a short stint in the Phantom Zone. I always thought the Phantom Zone was like for hardened criminals that, you know, like, it's okay. It does feel like you committed a minor crime and then they threw you immediately into solitary confinement, right? <laughs> like, it's it, like in like in like a high, in like a supermax facility. They're like, oof, you can, you shoplift it, uh, a box of raisins. And now straight into the supermax solitary confinement, six months. We'll see you if, if you're still mentally there. <laughs> Hope you enjoy those nightmares who drive you insane. <laughs> yeah, uh, it did seem was- ridiculous. Like the the punishment and the crime were not equal in any way. And also, who who is still sending people to the? Is the Phantom Zone like a catch all? prison industrial complex for like <laughs> the entire universe the it's, dc universe it seems like because i think i thought it was a kryptonian thing it should be um but i think <laughs> and didn't didn't john send people to the phantom zone shoot he totally did yeah yeah and and allura was an adjudicator who could sentence people to the phantom zone so i i don't know i guess uh transylvania was like no more, nor no more of this into the phantom zone. You go like Transylvania. Like, what is? What are the laws there? It's <laughs> what a what a rough place to. <laughs> you don't get serious. They're just turning each other into vampires. It's it's a it's a wild place. You don't want to break the law on Transylvania, okay? Because they're gonna send you into the phantom zone. You're gonna lose your mind. Six months. Also, I think I think we have some big questions about how time passes normally and then how time passes in the phantom zone because uh i think that's going to become a problem for the show but i think that they're going to choose not to acknowledge it (laughs) (laughs) because right so supergirl when she got stuck in the phantom zone Mm -hmm. she was in there for like what 24 years Uh, or something 10 to 24 years according according to to the show 24 she might have been awake for 10 and then napped for 14 we don't know sure uh we can't judge her choices but like (laughs) when she got out she was the same age and everybody else had just grown up so what is the do you think that the writers have spent any time at all any time at all being like one day in the phantom zone is equal to because i don't think so no, I don't, I don't think so either. It would like sort of make longer, sense. It would make well, sense if like she comes out and like Alex has a kid, and, you know, like because <laughs> like the longer that she's in there, the more time that passes for her that she's in there, like the more time, way more time should be passing on the outside. So like some time has passed, some indeterminate amount of time has passed between episode one and two, right? But like, has that been like twenty minutes for her? <laughs> I think the time passage, we're supposed to maybe pay attention to the time passage in the present. Okay. And maybe not so much in the Phantom Zone. But to answer your question, no, I I don't don't think they've thought about this at all. That's that's my answer to your question. I don't either. And um, to be fair, it makes my brain hurt when I start to think about it too much. Uh, so I stopped too. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wait, well, I mean, we've only seen her like kind of talk to Jarrell. So maybe she's only been there for like, you know, 15 minutes. It's just been a real tough 15 minutes. Oh, one thing I was a little disappointed with, with the car stuff, because I'm sorry, I'm going to highlight one comment that Katie made, which is it was long enough where her hat, her bangs grew out, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. We didn't talk about it at all, but she woke up in the Phantom Zone. Bang's gone. 
She looks so different than when the uh, the episode stills came out. I said I sent Morgan a picture and I was like, this doesn't look like Melissa Benoist. Is it? Are we sure this is Melissa <laughs> I was Benoist? zooming. I was pinching and zooming it on the phone. <laughs> I don't know who this is, but this is not Be- Melissa Benoist. Uh, so, yeah, it was uh, very strange. Um, I was a little disappointed with the Kara, like the Supergirl in the Phantom Zone stuff, because I thought episode two all phantom zone we're gonna get in there we're gonna like spend time in the phantom zone and it was just a couple of scenes like it it felt like it was more lex and the super friends than it was in the phantom zone and this is her reconnection with her uh, she thought dead father (laughs) i would think that that would be a bigger deal if my dad died in 2006 if i had the opportunity to meet with my dad again i wouldn't immediately go hey let's go put ourselves in a dangerous situation yeah be like hey let me take this in a little bit and talk to you before we go out into a dangerous situation that like, puts both of our lives at risk. She didn't even want to, she didn't even be like, Hey, let me tell you about my life. I have this sister and I have this job. I don't go to and <laughs> a series of uninspiring love job. interests. And like, <laughs> she didn't tell him anything about her friends, about her life. She was just like, all right, dad, here we go out the, out the tunnel. Like, um, <laughs> I, I kind of like the, the so the phantom zone stuff. Yeah, I thought it was going to be all phantom. I thought we were going to be in the zone. Oh, the phantom zone. I like it. Um, but we really weren't. Um, but at least the Silas storyline, right? That connected to the phantom zone. I felt the emotion of that. It was the other stuff where I was like, what are we doing? Yeah, I I, <laughs> I was I was not happy with the the lack of Phantom Zone. I, I wanted more Phantom Zone uh, out of all of that, but may, maybe that's coming. Maybe that's for a future. I, I'm sure there's a whole progression of the the Phantom Zone storyline uh, coming up. Uh, I just well, yeah. Well, to- now they they let a Phantom out, and poor Silas, he's just trying to live his life, drink his blood in his kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen to him? They have recruited him to relive the most terrible parts of his life. <laughs> which which he did for yeah. them to be yeah. nice to them, right? They were like, could you just sit down for a second? Just tell us all about the most traumatic parts of your life. He's like, sure, bro. And then they're like, okay, we're just going to let some phantoms out. They're going to possess you. It's like, what? That doesn't seem like a fair. Did they? Did they at least take him out for dinner after this whole thing? Like <laughs> their their uh, agreement with him was they would not report him to the authorities about his blood robbery if uh, if they worked with if he worked with them. So <laughs> I, think I guess they could at least take him out to like the karaoke a, bar, right? <laughs> a, a, minor, a minor little bit of blackmail, I think, is what's yeah. happening. <laughs> he spent all that time creating that whole system so that he could get into the Phantom Zone. They just jumped on that and they yelled at him the whole time. Like, <laughs> yes. hey, hey, I'm sorry. That doesn't just happen. He needs like a second to think. I was going to like report them to their own HR. I was like, excuse <laughs> me, this is a hostile work environment. <laughs> you give Silas some space. Yeah, I guess the HR department is Magan. Uh, she's the one, she's the one who was like, you need to cool it. <laughs> so true. Well, now that we don't have Pam from HR in the DEO anymore, poor Magan is going to be, oh my gosh, that's going to be a tough job for her. Do we have the DEO anymore? Because Jean mentions uh, Fort Ross files. And I was like, where are you getting Fort Ross files? <laughs> Isn't that most from the DEO? 
You're Where, right. Do you just keep that at your house? Is that just in the He's tower? like, hold on my Fort Ross files. He just like <laughs> pulls it out of his wallet. <laughs> what? He's got him folded up. <laughs> uh, in defense of Silas, uh, Claude says it wasn't his choice to smack the iPad. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so we'll we'll take that into consideration about that. Because I just know with my iPad, I've I've broken screens and things. So I just <laughs> I know it doesn't work. And Nicole says, as a scientist, I can 100% say that a failing experiment does not get uh, better when you smack the tech. So <laughs> there's I have, that. I have often when like something isn't working on my phone gone like, come on. <laughs> so I understand. I understand the impulse. Oh, no, I, I do not hit them. Uh, I recently, <laughs> uh, just within the last week, uh, RIP to my external hard drive. No. It, it uh, was devastating. I think I dropped it maybe a little too hard. And it just, <laughs> all my files are gone. Oh, no. Just oh, my God. I've got like fun fact. Wet. <laughs> oh, it's so uh, horrendous. Because uh, I took it just for a fun fact. I, I hate Best Buy because it's actually the worst buy. But I went over there to the Geek Squad and I was like, hey, can you help me maybe try to retrieve my files? And then the guy came back and he was like, so your drive's not uh, mounting. Uh, so it's going to cost somewhere between $200 and $3,000. And I was like, well, well uh, I'm wait, sorry, that, what? That, <laughs> why is that range? <laughs> <laughs> and then I called, this has nothing to do with Supergirl, but I just thought it was a funny uh, story. So then I called the people who are like, this is their job, like outside of Geek Squad is like this whole, like, uh, I forget what it's called, like file savers or something. I don't know. I can't remember <laughs> what the company was called. And so I asked him like, why is this so expensive? And he was like, well, you have to take it into a very, a high-tech room that's like sterile environment because if you open the drive and I was like oh my gosh this forget it I just I don't need the files that bad it's fine so just be oh, good to your God. technical equipment be good to it be very I'm sorry gentle. I'll never smack you again <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I go through that long story just to say don't smack your iPad be very gentle with it it will work for you Respect your iPad. Respect your your technical uh, uh, smart technology. Um, so uh, I, I guess we kind of hit all the highlights from the episode. Is there anything else you wanted to talk uh, about, Morgan? I'm just going to put this comment up on the screen because I did not remember this. So Nicole says, remember Jean had that whole reserve of old DEO files when Cara was trying to find Project Mori. I did no, I don't that. remember that right? at all. Yeah, okay. Good, <laughs> good memory. I good didn't pull. remember that. So I, I like the idea that like at some point after Jean left the DEO, he just walked back in, took a bunch of files, photocopied them, and then left again. Which is like top secret files. <laughs> totally not illegal, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, totally on the I'm sure that was probably during Alex's tenure. And he was like, hey, Alex, I'm just going to copy some files and then leave them. <laughs> and she's like, cool, let's, let's get a Starbucks afterwards. <laughs> I was just, I was very skeptical where he, he was pulling these Fort Ross files. Uh, but I guess, I guess that makes sense. This is definitely like before Colonel Haley, because I don't feel like she, I think she ran a, a tight ship. She wouldn't have allowed that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so should we bring, I, I, uh, I, we have a couple of things that we need to get to. So one is legal consultants and the other is boardroom or ballroom, because Morgan, we need Ooh. to talk about that, that maroon purple dress that Lena was wearing. Mm -hmm. uh, so which one do you want to do first? I, I feel like since we have guests, maybe we should do the uh, legal consultants first. I think so. Yeah. And then, and then we'll I've get into that. How so many questions for that? Everybody does really <laughs> and morgan i have i put together a little sound effect for it if you hate me afterwards we'll never use it again but it makes I'm me scared. laugh 
<laughs> it makes me laugh. So we're going to use this right now for the legal consultants, and then we will bring Leslie and Susan in. Talking about the law. <laughs> I don't know if you remember saying that on the podcast, but I used it as a sound effect. All right, so. <laughs> I love it. It makes me laugh. It's, it's really great. I'm I'm a I'm a beautiful singer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's bring in Susan and Leslie into the live stream. We, uh, uh, let's see. Do we have some echoes somewhere? If y'all are watching the live stream, turn the live stream off. Let's see if I can find where oh, yeah. the, the uh, echo is because we're hearing uh, it coming back out. Um, okay. No, I still hear the echo. Where is that? Let's see. Am I still talking? Okay. Sounds like Susan is okay. A little bit. Oh, yeah, I definitely heard an echo there. Is it me? If Leslie was watching on YouTube, then she has to shut that down for the yeah, echo. Yeah, away. Leslie, yeah, if, if you want to turn the uh, live stream off so that we don't have any uh, things going on. I don't have it up. The only thing I have up is StreamYard. Okay. Huh. Well, in that case, I will shut up and because uh, I, I think it's me, maybe. Well, maybe I can just fill time and say thank you for the sound effect. I loved it. <laughs> good, good, I good, good. Very nice. Good. Um, well, well, we'll try to maybe workshop and make it a little jazzier. And it's <laughs> it's in its early stages, but this is this is my concept for it. Um, but yeah, so uh, I guess we could go down the the list of questions. So, Morgan, do you want to uh, pull up uh, those questions in the doc and then uh, sure, and then uh, we'll go through those because we already have some. Mm. Um, Pre-sent in questions, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get to those. Yeah, can I temporarily a... hij- can I temporarily hijack and make an introductory comment? Please do. <laughs> uh, you know, I was getting prepared for this, and I realized that the only thing about this courtroom scene that resembled real life was that there was a judge and the prosecutor on one side and the defense counsel on the other side. So whoever in the chat said the best way to approach it is to go with the flow. I would like to encourage that mindset for this entire discussion. (laughs) There wasn't a a defense counsel. There was a defendant who was representing himself. Yeah. Fair point. And he was allowed to walk around the entire courtroom, even though he was charged with being a mass murderer, uh, and uh, come up near the and talk to the judge, and then tell the judge what to do. Yeah, uh, just based on my uh, my true crime uh, binge watching, I can say that like usually it's a bad sign when they start defending themselves when they're like, no, 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 no. I'm so smart that I don't need a lawyer. That's usually not a good sign. So it was like, I was like, when the end of the episode came and he got away, I was like, what? He, he went, he like went Bundy and he still got away with it. <laughs> in, in real time, someone doesn't have a lawyer is normally when they are unfortunately not able to afford one. <laughs> Yeah, or they think they know everything, and also they suspect that they can get away with saying things that an attorney could not get away with because then the attorney would be disciplined by the judge and the bar. Um, And also the judge has to help uh, um, self-represented defendants. Uh, The judge was lame. The prosecutor was terrible. Um, (laughs) Well, there were no, there were apparently no rules of evidence at all that applied to this proceeding. So it was a little hard to assess. Uh, 
Uh, it was uh, it was very interesting. Um, so, so I'm ready for the questions. And uh, uh, one thing that uh, I could not believe was Lena saying uh, Eve was the fruit of the poisonous tree. Um, I found that highly annoying. Um, Eve cannot be fruit of the poisonous tree. Fruit of the poisonous tree is a constitutional doctrine that applies to the government, the United States, or a state government that tries to use um, uh, illegal evidence uh, that's derived from, or use evidence, good evidence, but it's derived from illegal evidence, such as you derive evidence from an illegal search and seizure. And the illegal search is the poisonous tree, and whatever evidence you derive from the poisonous tree is the fruit. Eve is not the fruit of the poisonous tree. What she is, is an impeached uh, witness whose credibility has been attacked. And uh, you don't throw out her evidence in the middle of the trial. You don't do that. <laughs> that does not happen. You, the prosecutor gets to try to rehabilitate her. Um, and but the evidence doesn't get thrown out. Um, uh, well, and a good pro and a good prosecutor would have brought out on her direct testimony that she actually had a relationship with Lex yes. and wouldn't have given him the opportunity to engage in this cross examination where some sort of surprising bombshell came out to the jury that accomplished something. How does so I question the pro I question the quality of the prosecution in the case as a starting point. Setting aside that she created her entire case based on one witness that would clearly have been rattled <laughs> by the defendant representing himself. Yeah, I had a lot of questions about the prosecutor and their case uh, or lack thereof that it all fell apart once they found out like this piece of information that didn't seem like it was super well hidden. Uh <laughs> No, the prosecutor should have known that um, uh, Eve was in love with Lex. What did she think was going on with Lex and Eve? Is is that something as a prosecutor you would you would ask your witness like you would want to get that information before she goes up on the stand to prep the witness yes, for it? Absolutely, yeah, yes. <laughs> and uh, she should have been um, you you prep your witness to uh, have tactics on how to deal with uh, an attempt to um, impugn or impeach her credibility and to make her look bad. Although um, to be fair to this prosecutor, what Lex was actually doing was borderline engaging in cross-examination and mostly closing argument. <laughs> yeah, so no, this was bad uh, because uh, <laughs> Lex would ask questions. <laughs> And then he would turn to the jury and start talking uh, to the jury. That is not allowed. What is the judge doing? Nothing. What is the prosecutor <laughs> doing? Nothing. Um, and when uh, uh, Lex goes on his, what, one minute rant against Lena and he's doing a summation, you can't do that. You don't go from cross-examination right uh, to summation. And the show left the impression that the defendant sums up last that's not correct. The prosecutor gets the last word. Oh, well, yeah. and also, how did Lena end up on the witness stand in the first place? Because <laughs> the, prosecutor had already, the prosecutor had already finished her case. The defense hadn't really put on a case, so there was nothing to rebut. 
doesn't have to. No, he doesn't have to write. But there was nothing to rebut. So the prosecution doesn't get to bring a new rebuttal witness when there's nothing to rebut. She should have had to put Lena on in her case in chief. Well, she was bolstering. She was attempting to bolster her case and bolster um, uh, Eve's testimony. Yeah, but Uh, you're not allowed to do that. (laughs) No, you are. You are. Um, When when your case is being attacked and uh, you are allowed to bring in uh, rebuttal witnesses. But Lena went from watching the the trial on TV in the same purple outfit to wearing the same purple outfit, walking into the courtroom and getting on the stand. Um, (laughs) Lena had to be listed on a witness list. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Did You can't surprise a defendant like that. And the judge should have known as well. Uh, the judge was surprised. Um, <laughs> Everyone Lex, was. Lex was surprised. And Lena's wearing the same outfit. So she went from her apartment to the court. <laughs> she, she just busted in there. It was a great outfit. It was, it was fantastic. That, that anybody involved but Lena knew that she was going to show up that day. I'm sorry. Not if you, you think- believe what she said to Andrea. Yeah, I was like, do you think that anybody but Lena knew that she was going to show up that day? Like, did she just power walk her way into the courtroom and is like, I must be on the witness stand? And like, just neither side knew about it. Well, the prosecutor knew about it. And but the prosecutor didn't even ask her good questions. The prosecutor <laughs> should have brought out the fact that, well, I guess she did bring out um, Nando Cherry, um, but uh Lena should have taken the fifth. She admitted to some so-called crimes. Um, Lex is charged with crimes against humanity. That's not a crime uh, in the United States. <laughs> well, it is in the UN. It is wait, the UN. Wait, yeah, the UN. It's, oh, yeah. In, in, the United, it, it's in international law, but it's not a federal crime. It's not a state crime. He's charged with the murder of Dr. Jared and conspiracy with Eve. But presumably, Lena is a co-conspirator as well. So I had a question about that because I was wondering why why was Lillian not being charged? Why was Otis not being charged or Lena? Like why 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 was it just focused on Lex? Because they they were just as much part of that as anybody else. I think it's because the Super Friends captured Lex at the fortress and they turned him over to the authorities, and Otis and Lillian weren't there. So I so they couldn't be brought up on. I think that requires a certain level of logic and real world common sense being brought to decisions that maybe didn't actually happen here. But can I flag what Daryl just said in the chat? Because he makes a really good point, which is that going backwards, uh, Lena pled the fifth under circumstances where she could not plead the fifth. But here, where she should have, she exactly. I was going to incriminate herself. Yes, I was going to make that point. Yeah. Um, and Lena thought that she did a really good job, but she did not. And oh. but she's, I, I'm sorry uh, to she's say, she's trying that, so hard. No, but Lena thought that she had trapped Lex because she got him to admit that he stole Nandu Cherry, turned it around and used uh, it as uh, mind control. And then, but Lex turned it on its head and said that she could have uh, committed the crimes for which he was standing trial. And what that is called is third party guilt that someone else did the crimes that the defendant is charged with. And that's the reasonable doubt. 
And but, but you see, way- Leslie, it, it was all about the motive. Lena was going to mind control the world for, for good. She was going to make everybody nicer. So doesn't no, that make a difference? It does not. <laughs> I also had a question about like, obsidian would would nothing have come out of that like if your technology was used to nearly kill a bunch of people like there wouldn't be anything well this or against andrea rojas yeah or somebody involved well it depends on their intentions because Mm -hmm. there is this doctrine in copyright law that if there is a uh, a legitimate non-infringing purpose for the tech then you can't hold the tech responsible for people engaging in, in infringement. That was the Sony Betamax lawsuit from long enough ago that I don't no even way. remember That's when. funny. Yeah, like originally when the Betamax came out, all the Hollywood studios sued saying, you are letting all of these consumers record television programs and that's a copyright infringement. And Sony defended against the case saying, well, but you can also go to Blockbuster and rent a movie. And the Supreme Court held that as long as there was a legitimate non-infringing use for the technology, that Sony couldn't be held responsible for the infringement engaged in by the consumers. And that was the big fight uh, in the Napster case many years later, where Napster got in trouble because they marketed it for purposes of engaging in copyright infringement. So if you apply that principle here, then if the motives and intentions of the tech were all good and happy, then you can't hold them liable. But, and now I'm gonna turn it over to Leslie because I think she's thought through the how you get them better than I have. If the (laughs) motives and the steps that they took were not completely innocent, then take it away, Leslie. (laughs) Uh, I don't think you, I, I think, it's an invasion of privacy uh, to try to control someone's mind, and that should be a crime somewhere. It's basically an assault at is, the minimum. Is that does that have a constitution impact? Because if you're if you're mind controlled, how do you have freedom of speech? How do you have freedom of religion or free you know all your other freedoms? Because you're you're mind controlled, you don't have freedom. You lose your free will. Does well, that impact those, the constitution? All those constitutional no, rights are vis-a-vis the government. Party. Yeah, obviously the government. It's why Twitter and Facebook as private companies can allow or ban whoever they want without violating the First Amendment. Same principle. (laughs) Right, but Obsidian North could be charged with um, uh, corporate misconduct and Andrea Rojas specifically with um, uh, corporate misconduct. And maybe in another uh, indictment, she would be charged and, uh, and tried. Um, so we we did have a listener question uh, from at Walt six five eight who asks why did none of the super friends testify against Lex? Should there have been uh, character witnesses? Bad prosecutor. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seemed like that prosecutor had no evidence, didn't it? Like <laughs> you can't have character witnesses against a defendant. Well, that, that that's a good point. And but a defendant can have character witnesses. Uh, for himself, for uh, peace, being peaceful and nonviolent or being truthful. But the prosecutor is not allowed to call character witnesses against a defendant. I was happy that the super friends were not paying attention to it because this is the, this is the third trial that we've seen on Supergirl. And this is the second Lex trial. And frankly, I didn't want to see another trial. (laughs) (laughs) I, I have to agree with you. And I think, you know, 
all courtroom, oh, all courtroom scenes, all courtroom scenes on all television shows and movies take a lot of creative license because a normal trial, the shortest trial in the history of the world, is like a half a day or a day, and most really significant trials go on for weeks or months. So I took the lack of additional witnesses to be part of that creative license, as opposed to the just throw everything out the window and don't even try universe that they went into for this trial, for the rest of this trial. <laughs> the other thing too is with the jury, I'm sure for COVID reasons, the, the actors who were playing the jurors were, um, were appearing virtually. And I didn't know why, I thought it, perhaps it was a COVID thing or uh, the writers forgot that this is post-crisis, so um, Lex had not killed the juror, the juror, jury, and the um, the judge after he turned the sun red and killed a whole bunch of people. So I didn't know whether the writers had forgotten that. Or yeah, that, that's a big on. deal. Right, but it's not. William said, but then again, I wasn't paying attention to anything William said. You shouldn't. So, I, so what I, I, on my third rewatch, William said that Lex was, because people were, um, threatening Lex, they they um, had the jury appear virtually, but that makes no sense. Uh, they locked the courtroom down, and the judge and the prosecutor are there. So um, if the people are going to, the, so those people are still subject to being attacked. When they and like, yeah, why just rescue yeah. those people? I'm sorry. Well, and the the solution is to put Lex in handcuffs or with a guard, not to have the jury not actually be able to see the witnesses live. Right. But the other thing, though, is uh, there were 12 jurors. You have to have more than that. You have to have alternates because people get sick and things happen. So that wasn't good. But you cannot, even in a COVID pandemic, you can't, the jury in a high-profile trial like this, uh, the jurors have to be present in the courtroom, socially distant. They cannot be appear virtually because you have to watch jurors like a hawk to make sure they're paying attention, not falling asleep, um, and that they <laughs> Can you imagine that on Zoom? That would oh, not, oh my God. They fall, they fall asleep in the real courtroom sometimes. <laughs> so does yeah. that. Right. And not to embarrass them, you might, you know, sort of slam your, your book or something like that. <laughs> or the, juror, the, the, the judge might hit his or her microphone and, you know, so they aren't embarrassed. But you have to watch jurors like a honk and you have to make sure that they're not deliberating before they're supposed to and that they have no outside influences. How can you do that when they're appearing virtually? You don't know who is in the room with them, who's talking with them, who's watching the computer with them. <laughs> yeah, so, who's watching the case. Right. So that was just bad. What, what but, about the press? They said something about how the courtroom was on lockdown and they wouldn't be able to get in. It, it, do you normally right. like with a with a court, with a trial, is there normally a place for the press to, to gather outside? Well, yes. Federal the, court. Yes. Outside. Yeah, the, yes. Press, the press has a first the press and the public have a First Amendment right to attend most court proceedings during covid. Uh, they have, uh, in high-profile cases, made accommodations, for example, having one pool reporter. But as long if there are cameras in the courtroom and you can actually see everything going on in the trial, it's a little bit less of a compelling argument that you should also be able to be there in person during a pandemic. But in most high-profile trials, criminal and civil, there's usually a, a row set aside for the media. 
Right, but there's different um, states handle different states handle it differently, and the federal system handles it differently. Uh, the federal court isn't too keen on having uh, cameras in their courtroom. Um, the Supreme Court, United States Supreme Court, still will not have cameras. Um, they barely will let you have an audio recording, and they finally, I think, just relented to having an audio recording. And it's not um, uh, simultaneous. You have to wait. And then you get get a copy of the proceeding after it's over. Um, federal court is not too keen on, as I said, cameras in the courtroom. And state certain state courts, you got to get permission from the head judge, and you have to have tons of notice. Um, it, ver it varies from state to state. Some states, yep. like California, they're just and state of Washington, they're routine. And so it's a kind of a real patchwork, but whether there's cameras or microphones allowed or not, the, there's actually a constitutional right of access for the public that the press is the one who argues most of the time. That's a first um, amendment right. Well, one other point I would like to um, raise is how uh, Andrea Rojas said that she doesn't want CACO to be, or last week's episode, she didn't want CACO to be a clickbait rag, but it is a clickbait rag because she put up at the first day of the trial, like three panels of, of a picture of Lex and said, guilty, guilty, guilty. <laughs> she and, maybe jumped a gun on that a little. Well, to be fair, how she has CatCo is still an open question, given that. Thank you. <laughs> given that CatCo, at least last I checked, was part of Obsidian North, and Obsidian North went under. How did she end up with? Kat I do not understand how she ended up with CatCo. In theory, she she got her father to buy her shares in some shady online thing suggesting it was a publicly traded company, but then somehow CatCo mysteriously dis disengaged itself and got sold back to Andrea, you know, secretly without the board or her father, anybody knowing this, I don't understand. And, and by the way, how they're not going to be bankrupt when everybody gets done suing over the obsidian tech in the first place. I'm not yes. sure. Oh, no, it's driving me crazy. The whole CatCo thing that they seem to be just sweeping the Obsidian thing under the rug like it wouldn't be this huge problem. It's driving me kind of up the wall. <laughs> yeah, Claudia uh, asked the question, would there be more civil yes. lawsuits about the oh. mind control tech than a legal what, case? What the class what action plaintiff bar would be on a run. Oh, yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and they would and they would and, and since Obsidian seems to have no money and is probably bankrupt, they would sue Andrea personally, as well as probably Lena based on her testimony on the witness stand. <laughs> well, probably Kelly also, because her job is so amorphous, she could be responsible for anything. Oh, man. <laughs> Kelly could be. Involved oh, no, in Kelly. <laughs> she did love those tickets, though. <laughs> She did, uh, and she didn't follow up to make sure they got handled, so she was negligent. <laughs> I did have one one question uh, about the um, the the things that Lex did. He said uh, he wanted to demand Eve Tessmacher's testimony to be stricken from the record record and her plea deal revoked. Can he do that? No, and he asked the judge really smugly. He stood <laughs> yeah. in front of the bench, hands all on the bench. Yeah. And like wagging his finger in the judge's face. I mean, he should have been uh, jumped on by several very large sheriff's officers or, or bailiffs. 
<laughs> well, wait, wasn't Otis the bailiff at that point in time? Yes, that's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, well, in a bad wig. And um, <laughs> but it's not the judge's responsibility to revoke uh, Eve's plea deal or to uh, prefer uh, perjury charges against Eve. That's the prosecutor's uh, job who's sitting over there not doing anything and sort of fumbling with her hands. <laughs> Do we well, think... Uh, I'm sorry. We we have one question in the in our doc, which is: Do we think that Lena has some kind of plea deal that she got in exchange for testimony? Because it does not seem that way, does it? No, no, <laughs> not great. No. Not great for her. She probably should have uh, talked that through first. It sounded like at the end of the episode, something might be coming for her. Yeah, Lex is calling the district attorney and asking the district attorney, as he should be asking. I mean, that's the person you ask, which is to. Um, bring Lena up on uh, perjury charges or whatever. What's confusing to me about all of this is that this was not limited to the United States. This was a worldwide thing. So of all the places in the world where you're going to bring Lex up on charges, why would you do it in the U.S. in the first place? Why not, you know, haul him into court in Russia or Saudi Arabia or someplace else where the outcome's a little bit more predetermined? How, how could they... I guess my question is, how could they justify that, though? How do you take... Because they, they mentioned it was a... Was this a federal case? It but was. Then they, but they also mentioned National City. I was confused about that. Well, no, there are federal courts in all states. And there's several... There could be three. And like, like in my state, there are three separate federal courts. Um, so... Yeah. He, committed, um, he committed crimes against people everywhere. And so... Depend and who knows where he actually was physically at the time. So I think you could make a pretty good argument that he could be charged in other places also. So he would he just go, like, go from country to country and get put on trial? Is that <laughs> no, how that would I, I think the better way to do it is to take him to The Hague and uh, like where the Nuremberg trials were. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's probably and, the closest thing. And also, thing. conveniently, where crimes against humanity is actually an offense that you can charge yes, someone with. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> well, are there other um, aspects before we let you ladies go? Uh, are there other aspects yeah, that we didn't talk about that you wanted to mention? Yes. How about speaking truth to power that the prosecutor asked Eve about? I found that particularly <laughs> annoying um, because what that is, is an injection, a non-nuanced injection of social justice in a courtroom proceeding, which the prosecutor is asking for, uh, a witness to identify who's the perpetrator of a, of a crime. And that's not speaking truth to justice. That's, that doesn't, uh, that's not an example of speaking truth to justice. Eve probably has spoken truth to justice in the sense that she's standing up against before the outside the courtroom, she's standing up to Lex and saying, um, and turning state's evidence against Lex and testifying against Lex. But once you're in the courtroom, and you're asked to identify a defendant, that's not speaking truth to justice. That's just normal procedure. And the prosecutor <laughs> saying, uh, speak truth to justice, um, that's asking, that's basically telling the jury to send a message and prosecutors are not allowed to say things like that. That's a good point. <laughs> yep. So I think I would like to end on a positive note and simply observe that as I was digesting the absurdity that was this entire courtroom proceeding, <laughs> I remembered that this is a TV show about people who can fly and took it with a, with that, in that spirit, it was 
pretty entertaining, if not at all realistic. And so at least I kind of got a lot of good laughs out of it. So I thank the, I thank the show for that. <laughs> yeah, it I think that's how, how we have to we have to look at it. At least we did get a great entrance for Lena. You know, she stormed we, into the courtroom. It was very dramatic. She, she walked in like a boss, like she was taken over that courtroom. She didn't <laughs> really think through the repercussions, but she looked great while she, doing it. She looked and her great. outfit was awesome. Very, yeah. very good. So good. Well, um, I think this is going to end our time with the Supergirl Radio legal consultants. Uh, Leslie's going to come back for some snap judgments with us because she is a, a legion of super sponsor and she has those privileges. Um, so we uh, will um, actually... Uh, she's not just a legion of super sponsors. She is one of them, but uh, there's a higher tier that gets you a uh, snappy listener and boardroom boss that gets you uh, the opportunity to make snap <laughs> judgments with us. Um, so uh, actually uh, we could just throw this up real quick if we, if we want to. So go to, go to Patreon. Uh, no, it's this one. I think patreon.com slash Supergirl radio. If you would like to make snap if judgments you too with us. you would like to make snap as judgments. Well. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Susan, for coming My on pleasure. with it's good us. talking to you all. Thank you for having me. It's Nice um, talking to you, Susan. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. I look forward fun. to the next time because yes. you know there's going to be one. Yes, yes. definitely will. <laughs> we, we would be so lost without you ladies because we had so many questions. So thank you for coming on and chatting with us. So I'm going to uh, kick you all out and uh, we are going to close up uh, our legal consultants uh, with our with our new jams. Talking are- about the law. All I'm right. never ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> we can change it if you don't like it, but oh, I love so it. Good. Um, I guess uh, we can uh, maybe get into our next segment here uh, because speaking of the legal case with the awesome dress, I think we should get into some uh, Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. So let's, uh, let's do that. And now Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. All right, Morgan. Let's let's break down this look uh, from Lena. Uh, she she had uh, this fantastic, uh, I guess, maroon purple. Uh, yeah, outfit it, on. It, it almost skewed a little bit like um, like oxblood, like a little bit like almost <laughs> so so purple is almost a little red. Mm. I liked it. Yeah, I, I thought- really. I really liked oh. how it came down uh, the the neckline. I really like the neckline, and it kind of like cinched over to the side too. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Um, yeah, she looked amazing. So if you're going to storm into a courtroom, you haven't gotten a plea deal. You're probably going to incriminate yourself. You're definitely <laughs> going to get in a fight with your brother. This is the look for you. <laughs> she did look good in it. Uh, Paula uh, Paula suggests uh, boardroom or courtroom. Uh, for yes. these <laughs> it's so, almost like she knew that like when she woke up that day, she's like, what am I going to do? Am I just, you know, am I going to do some work? Am I going to go to Jamba Juice? Am I going to storm a courtroom <laughs> and ruin my life a little? Um, that's the, that's how she dressed. Like, she's like, what if I dress today as if I was going to make a dramatic entrance into a court, into the most uh, watched court case of the day. And I feel like, you know, I, I look at Lena and some of her life choices, some of her life choices could be better. Right. But some of her life choices are correct. Like should, we should all be dressing every day as if we were going to storm into a very, a very popular court case in the middle of it dramatically and then incriminate ourselves. 
I mean, your brother's on uh, trial for crimes against humanity, whatever whatever that means. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, look your best when you go storming. That. You're going to want to put your best foot forward is what you're going to want to do. Uh, that that outfit said, I'm professional. I, uh, I dress well. I maybe tried to mind control some people, but you still like me. Right. Uh, I think it said what it needed to say in that mm. scenario, which is kind of surprising, I will say, because what I'm used to with Lena and what I do love about her is that usually if you said, OK, Lena's going to show up dramatically uh, in a courthouse uh, to testify without being asked by anybody, um, <laughs> uh, I would think that she's coming in in like, I don't know, it's either going to be like a full ball gown with like a, a tiara or it's going to be like she just came from like um, like the stables from riding a horse and she's like in <laughs> jumpers and a little hat. And like because I don't the, what the way that she showed up was actually correct for the situation. It was so very I was, appropriate. I was confused a little bit. I was like, whoa, <laughs> she's just going to show up and. In like a business, like a really nice business outfit, like a nice dress, not nothing, nothing weird about it. <laughs> yeah. And I think it also uh, this look was not just the dress. I think it was also the hair, the hair and the makeup were looking good, too. So I, I think she she nailed everything about this look uh, and uh, appropriate for the courtroom. Uh, it, it was a dramatic look for a very dramatic entrance. And I, I think she did a good job because I think she knew at some point she would get, she was going to be on camera. Because Andrea yeah, was pushing her to do an interview. So. That's true. She was like, oh, if I have to do an interview, I got to look great. I also <laughs> think that I'm going to just start um, just entering rooms the way she entered that courthouse, like throwing both doors open and just striding <laughs> in. But like in all situations, even when it's like not a pro like a child's birthday, I'm just I'm in it now. I'm striding so, in. <laughs> do you not normally enter rooms? Like That's how not, I enter Not normally. Yeah, and you're right. You're right. And so is Lena. That's how you need to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Complete confidence about to incriminate yourself. <laughs> yeah, it is weird uh, that she didn't consult an attorney uh, before she walked in there, but not a single one. <laughs> Who needs it when when you're looking good that don't, day? You're having a great hair day. The prosecutor didn't consult an attorney either, so it's we're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to take us out of uh, this week's boardroom or ballroom. And this has been Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. Okay, Morgan, uh, final thoughts about this episode. A few good women. There were a few of them in there. Uh, they were all, um, you know, mostly good, except for the ones that incriminated themselves. Uh, <laughs> she was trying. She was trying to be good. She, it's she a, wants to the new road for her. Yeah, know? she wants to do right by that Luther name. Uh, yeah, she's she's listen, she's always been kind of walking, tiptoeing along the line. And sometimes you're going to fall one way and sometimes you're going to fall another. She's mostly been on the good side with like a little bit of mind control. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your thoughts on this? Uh, and and I, I guess if you want to um, talk about the Alex Kelly thing here. Uh, yeah, because I think we forgot about that. I I would love to yell about that actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, so so Alex Kelly, and then final thoughts, and then we'll yeah. wrap up the discussion. Sounds good. I'm incredibly mad about the Alex and Kelly thing. Um, because first off, we spent so so much time. It was really a mystery. Does Kelly know? It seemed like yes, just based on context clues, but we had never seen her know, like find out. And then, of course, last week we find out no, she doesn't know. 
okay, that's great. So now we're going to see this really dramatic scene between Alex and Kelly where Alex tells her about how her sister is Supergirl and they like talk it through and it's a whole thing. Alex was crying about it. Lena like gave her a hug and was like, believe oh, me, Kelly? I... Oh yeah, oh, no, no, or no, no, Lena, Lena. Lena gave, yeah, okay, yeah. Like gave her a hug. Is like I've been through this before. Like hopefully Kelly doesn't try to mind control anyone. But I think <laughs> you're gonna be okay if Kelly tr- starts to make a f- little robot friend. You might want to get her in some additional therapy. <laughs> I would have loved that last year. But like, so Alex is very upset about it, right? Like she's concerned about how it's gonna go. And then we get to this episode. And Kelly knows, Kelly already knows, which means that sometime between episode one and episode two, off screen, Alex told Kelly. It's weird because they underlined it in in the in the premiere that you you need you need to tell Kelly. You really yeah. you need to tell Kelly. And then I was confused because it seemed like in the beginning parts of the episode, Kelly knew, like, she knew that their mission was to get Supergirl back Supergirl. from the Phantom Zone. Then at the end in their scene, uh, Alex has, like, uh, welcome home, Kara, on a sign. <laughs> and then Kelly, Kelly, and they're, like, talking about her getting her back. And so my thing was, well, if Kelly only thinks that Supergirl is who they need to get back, who does she think they're talking about (laughs) because there's a welcome home Cara sign and it's all about the Chinese food. And she's trying to get like, Alex keeps talking about, we need to get her back. And so I was very confused. It's, it almost seemed like they deleted a scene because there's a moment with uh, Kelly and Silas where uh, like Kelly is like giving Silas that really good advice. And then there's like a, a, a kind of a cutaway to Alex looking at them. Like it almost seemed like Alex was thinking, Oh, well she can handle, you know, uh, a big secret or something. Yeah, And it seemed like that was, that was going to be I Alex's thought, driving point to tell her the secret. I thought we were leading up to that scene with where she tells her the secret And so imagine my surprise when at the end of the episode, she just knows it. And like, I understand that sometimes you have to cut things for time. Um, It's television. It happens. Um, It's, it's so uncool to cut that scene. That is a big scene in the Alex and Kelly relationship, which like, frankly, is already a little underwritten. Uh, And, and like, I feel like Alex hasn't gotten a lot of stuff, a lot of focus in like the last season or two and so to take away her big dramatic scene where she gets to tell her girlfriend about the big secret that everybody has is so not cool like there was not some fat from that episode you couldn't have cut a little bit of Lex Luthor hamming it up in the oh my gosh you could have cut any of that that or all of it (laughs) could have cut all of the court stuff so it seems from the chat that it might have been a deleted scene so Paula says Ozzy Tesfai also promoted 602 and talked about the reveal they did her dirty by cutting the scene so it seems like a lot of people noticed that that Ozzy had been um, talking about it as something that she was really excited about, or at least something that was coming up for Kelly. And, and like, I guess they just cut it. It could have even been a short scene. Like we saw a bunch of William doing random stuff. Take him out. He doesn't need to be like, just, just lift William out. If you need to, if you need to cut something to make time, 
there that's not the i my i'm mad because that's not the scene that you cut right that's a really big part of their character journeys their character arcs or emotional arcs or relationship we're never going to get to go back (laughs) and have her tell her again like now she just knows and so we don't get to be part of that part of their relationship so i i'm so annoyed it's like I really want to care more about the Alex and Kelly thing, but it feels like every time I I'm starting to get there, they pull the rug out or they underwrite them or they don't tell us, you know, what Kelly's doing or, you know, what her job is or, you know, don't have you see Alex tell Kelly. And so it feels like disrespectful to that relationship. If you're a really big fan of them, you're mad. It, even if you're not a fan of them, if you're a fan of Alex, if you're a fan of Kelly, if you're a fan of good storytelling that's <laughs> built up, they why even mention it in the last episode? They could have had it be a throwaway line of Alex going, well, I guess I have to tell Kelly. I'm sure she'll be okay with it. Yeah, they, they didn't even have to do the whole scene. They could have just uh, mentioned it. Um, but yeah, I, the William stuff could have, I would have cut that. You didn't need that. You yeah. you had other William stuff that he was just watching TV. I think, I think you can <laughs> cut it. Uh, so that is really weird. Um, cause I would be interested in what Kelly's reaction was. Would would she just be like, yeah, yeah, I kind of figured like, would, would she have known or would she have been shocked? I don't know. They could have even played a, like, they could have played it as a big buildup and then had it been a short scene. So they could have had it been like, uh, Alex starts to build up and like all, you know, scared. And then Kelly go like, oh yeah, no, like James totally told me about that later. I just <laughs> thought it'd be kind of weird to mention it. So I just like, didn't want to get in your space. <laughs> then Right out to the next scene. It could have been that fast, but it would have that would have been some character development, right? We would have known that Kelly knew the whole time. Yeah. And then that would have been something that you now knew about Kelly. <laughs> yeah. It's it's frustrating when that happens because that it kind of shows what their priorities are at the at the moment in turn in in the editing process. Because the editing process is is another like storytelling uh step. You know, you have the writing and then you have the shooting where there's probably some other edits that happen when they shoot, and then there's the cutting room where they, you know, that's the that's the final product. So it is disappointing that they that's what they chose to cut. Yeah, it's uh Nicole in the chat says Ozzy said Kelly's reaction was sweet and that she wasn't mad. So clearly they they did film this. So yeah. uh, I I just I'm I'm kind of I'm mad on Ozzy's behalf. Honestly, I'm mad on Kyler Lee's behalf. Like I'm mad on the character's behalf. It's just not it's just such a such a waste, honestly, to not show that moment. Cause again, like you just you can't we can't get it back, right? Like now no. she knows. Yeah. We'll never get that reveal scene for her. Um, yeah. And, you know, we'll never get to see that nice, lovely scene where she's like, thanks for telling me, you know. And uh, I, I'm not surprised because Kelly as a character is kind of like very even tempered. And I didn't think that she would get mad. But like, we want to see it because we're invested in these characters. But especially because Alex is, you know, in a lot of ways, like the second lead on the show. And so if something big is happening with her, we want to see it. Not we don't want to just kind of have it vaguely alluded to off screen. You mean like the murder of her father? <laughs> <laughs> ah, Jeremiah. <laughs> at least at least it turned out 
Eve Tessmacher did that. <laughs> that was <laughs> like, the only they, saving grace. They sort of redeemed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that is a weird, weird choice for them to make. I, I think it goes back to our critique that we've talked about before, where it just feels like the show serves too many characters. They have to give everybody something to do. And when that happens, you you have to sacrifice story. Like and I wish story. they could I wish they could prioritize. And like I think, you know, obviously it's a problem of plenty, right? They've got a lot of really good characters, but I mean prioritize. Like he, here you have Alex Danvers. This is her, you know, her primary love interest is probably the person that she's going to end up with at the end of the series now that we're in the last season. You really you really don't want to show this big milestone in their relationship. You'd we need to watch William, you know, watch television. We need to we need it. Did we need that scene of Andrea trying to go and like interview Lena? We could have just had that scene of them at the end. And I don't think we would have lost much. Yeah. Cause she didn't succeed. In no, nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lena just got mad and walked out. Um, okay. So final thoughts. Uh, did you like this? Did you not like this? Uh, would you watch it again? I guess are all, all my questions. Yeah. Um, I think this one was a wild one too. Uh, not, I wasn't confused like I was last week. I did follow what was happening. Uh, I didn't feel like I was in a fever dream, but uh, in those court scenes, I did. Uh, I think the I think the courtroom, the Kelly stuff, the Kelly and Alex stuff, and the courtroom stuff really soured what like otherwise I think would have been kind of a solid episode. I think if they had done away with a lot of that insane court stuff. Um, and instead focus their attention on the Phantom Zone stuff, like the stuff with the Phantom Zone, the stuff with uh, Silas and trying to get into the Phantom Zone, um, and even like the Nia stuff, training up her powers, all that was good. It was when we got to the court and nothing made sense with reality, like nothing, like the court scene in reality, if it was a Venn diagram, there'd be no overlap. So <laughs> that to me, that to me kind of sat like it was, it was so crazy. It took me out of it. It's like, uh, like you can just like, if you're, you're curious about what you're supposed to write, like you're not a lawyer, probably if you're doing it, maybe you don't know any lawyers, just watch a law and order then, right? You don't even maybe consult with a lawyer. That would be great. That might be asking too much. Watch a law and order. You <laughs> TV shows will do that. I mean, I guess good TV shows will do that. They'll consult police or legal teams. But I guess I guess they figure it's a comic book show. Who cares? Like, find a lawyer you know and text them, right? <laughs> Just please. We we managed to do it. We're a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I have to say I've been disappointed with the first two episodes of this season. I I was they had so much time to write this season and really figure out what they were going to do. And these are the two episodes that have come out uh, uh, of it so far. And I just, it's not giving me a lot of hope for the rest of the season. Uh, I was disappointed that we didn't get as much about a uh, car in the phantom zone. That was what I was really excited about. And it just kind of didn't seem like there was much. It seems like they're going to really speed through the phantom zone stuff. And that's a, kind of a disappointment for me. Uh, some good stuff with the the brainy uh, dreamer. I think those scenes were good, um, and the the Kelly Silas scene I really liked. Um, so there were some good points to it, uh, but overall, I'm just uh, haven't I haven't been really won over by an episode of season six so far. So hopefully, hopefully, there, you, we have nowhere to go but up. Uh, so that's uh, my optimistic look 
on it so far. Well, I guess that's going to do it for our thoughts on uh, a few good women. But uh, let's find out what our uh, Twitter people had to say about the episode. So let's uh, get those tweets ready. Sure. Um, at Pretty Girl Ninja said it was an okay episode. My highlight was the bangless Cara. Uh, Cara. Uh, my low light was the show erasing Cara's backstory of both her parents sacrificing themselves so she'd survive. I guess Crisis brought her parents back, and I'm not a fan. Uh, no, actually, Alora was back in season three, which was pre pre crisis. So uh, it's not like they're using crisis to just undo all of that stuff. It was already kind of undone on the Alora <laughs> side in season three. They're already kind of undoing it a little bit. I think <laughs> I think I could accept the the Zorel twist if they hadn't already brought Alora back. I think you get one or the other. Both is a little bit like why even have that backstory? <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can see them wanting to have that happy ending, but I don't know. I think it ruins a little bit of that backstory for me. I agree. At Keg, uh, Clyde One said, the opening fight scene with Brainy was painful to watch. So, so painful. Dreamers as yet to be explained powers are sh- uh, sure do come in handy, especially with a never-before-seen Martian brain boost that also might have come in handy before now. Uh, Zorel is a real downer. The effects... <laughs> of- <laughs> you tell him. Uh, the effects there were uh, uber-awful. I know it's the last season, but come on. On CW, William needs to go already. On the bright side, uh, Cryer was great, and Lena's apartment is fire. And what was Jean doing with that little shield in front of his face? The phantoms were pretty cool looking, but what are they shooting? Phantom energy? I don't get it. Listen, I, I can't uh, critique any energy shooting anymore after like all of the dream stuff. <laughs> <laughs> It, it it is what it is. Apparently, you can shoot your dreams out at people. <laughs> <laughs> so sure, the phantoms can do what they want. <laughs> uh, at Patty Mello twenty said, "I have no words to describe how bad this episode was. I'm speechless. The most ridiculous thing about it was Lena not working on the portal to save Supergirl. The only good thing was Kara and her fight to try to get out of the Phantom Zone. I love how Kara never gives up." Um, at SL Fricky said, vampire stories come from a made up planet called Transylvania and not, you know, the real life region of Transylvania in Romania. Uh, kind of offensive. They put as much, <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. They put as much effort into that as Seg L did naming his sons, Jorel and Zorel. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. He kind of phoned it in. Also, who objects to beef Wellington opinions? <laughs> Um, at Ferreira365 said, is this the Supergirl TV show? <laughs> because it seems that Supergirl in both episodes so far is only in it for 10 minutes. I like the other characters, but they need to show more of her, especially if this is the very last season. I um, agree. Definitely agree. At Frack uh, Tall Inverter said, this episode had some minor issues, but ultimately I really enjoyed it. Even though we're not getting much car time, the time we do get is focused on her, which has been rare. The episode works well within the context of their universe and use of powers synced better with heroes. Um, at Rog Vortex 58 said Kara had more of an emotional reaction to seeing her mother alive on Argo. Is she not even going to give her dad a hug? 
Uh, also, I can't be the only one disappointed that Zorel didn't offer her any squirt to drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they didn't lean into that uh, Supergirl the movie stuff. Uh, Not even a more. little squirt. I know. Yeah, it was much more dramatic when she found Allura. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's a really good point that, like, uh, you touched on definitely, but... Yeah, she, no hug, no nothing. It was kind of, it, it felt like almost a little bit of a cold reaction. Like she was so focused on the Phantom Zone stuff that she was kind of like, oh yeah, dad's there. Okay. <laughs> uh, at the Bronze Eagle one said, I could complain about the in- inaccurate courtroom scenes or Nia's inconsistent powers. But if I'm being honest, that's not why I watch. I love the character interactions between Lena and Lex and Lex and Andrea. Uh, Kara's scenes were emotional and well acted. I've long since accepted that there will be inconsistencies in the show and bad overarching plots. I just watch for the characters. It's not a very optimistic way to look at the show, but it's how I enjoy it. So I did enjoy this episode, but it's solidly in the guilty pleasure category. I think that's I, actually a really optimistic way to look at the show. I think that's a great perspective that you've put yourself in. And I think it's probably the right one, honestly. Uh, so kudos for you. Um, <laughs> at Kenny Crayley said, some good stuff with Supergirl and the Phantom Zone with Zor-El. Nina, Nia and Brainy stuff is interesting and the Lex Luthor scenes are good, but a bit too much. Uh, at Electra WWF says, I like the episode, but would have liked it more if they had actually let us see Alex tell Kelly about Kara. What was the point of mentioning it last week if it wasn't leading to an important dancing moment this week? Good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, at uh, Cara Zorel, uh, 0927 said, For me, I think so far season six is a bit of a mess from the writing standpoint. The story moments and characterization are all over the place, and there are some points that just don't make any sense. Also, I mean, I was going to say that, but I'm glad that somebody else said it for me. (laughs) That's a quick summation of how I feel as well. (laughs) Uh, At Laura Redenball said, uh, please let the Phantom kidnap Lex and take him into the zone. Uh, that, uh, he, yeah. he could go there. Maybe they'll send him there. He could go there maybe for a little while. Maybe he just wants to get away from it all. You know, from he, he says he's been in, in and out of prisons, but he hadn't been in and out of that one. He sure hasn't. And, and he's been in a lot of the show. Maybe he wants to take a little break. Just kind of kick it, <laughs> kick it up in the Phantom Zone. <laughs> Stop taking so much screen time away from Cora. Uh, <laughs> uh, Olin Sam, uh, Samuel said, uh, McGann being space mom. Can we keep her? And at least one writer, knowing their Supergirl continuity, correct number of Jean's daughters, season three finale callback, and Nia mentioning her sister. I did notice all that. Good, good call out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really tired of Lex being around. John Cryer is delightful, but come on. Show, I keep thinking, having had Brenda Strong as Lillian since season two, she could have been the big bad Luther all along. Random thoughts. Will they eventually write an actual arc on Jeremiah's murder or nah? I'm thinking nah. I'm thinking nah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I at I am no guitar hero says I thought the phantoms looked from I thought the phantoms looked familiar. I think this is what was ringing a bell. Any Star Trek, any Star Trek fans out there? This is crawl from Star Trek Beyond. And they look similar. Oh, wow. No, nope. yeah, that they they really do. Yeah, That's- so so good call. I wouldn't have catch, uh, caught that. I am not a Trekkie. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm more of a Star Wars uh, person. So that's that's good to, good to know. Good call. Well, we have an email from Daryl who writes, quote, why doesn't Lex just blackmail E with information about how she killed Jeremiah? I won't be satisfied until the truth comes out about this very major plot point, unquote. Uh, that, that That's a really good question. Um, I don't know. She did kill a dude, but I guess uh, <laughs> but I guess maybe and maybe this will be a question for the uh, Super Radio legal consultants as well. Um, but I, I guess she got a plea deal. I don't know. Uh, Leslie, are you still around? Uh, do, do, do you want to? Uh, uh, she might be stepping away. Um, but uh, but I guess that's uh, that's the thing. I think she may have taken a plea deal. Some with the. I feel like Le- prosecution, Lex, like trying to blackmail Eve would make and that's how he somehow gets out of it would make more sense than Lex just giving like a really dramatic speech. That's actually really super unhinged and everybody being like, Oh, I loved that. It was like a hope speech in May. <laughs> yeah. Susan just sent us a message saying, I don't think a, a plea deal was mentioned. So, uh, but Lex seemed to think she had one. She got immunity. So uh, I, hopefully that will uh, answer your question, but uh, I don't think they're going to ever talk about it with Jeremiah, but I think they should. R.I.P. Jeremiah. <laughs> uh, Nicole sent us an email to mention that apparently uh, black goes first in chess in this post-crisis universe. Careless error in a year where Queen's Gambit made a real splash. I was not alone in my disbelief over a supposed chess grandmaster not knowing the rules of the game. Yeah, this is a, a really interesting point because it wasn't something that I thought of uh, while I was watching, because I don't, I don't play chess. I don't know these things. Um, but I wonder if it was intentional because the dialogue that Lex says when they're playing chess in that scene, he says, if you can get them to buy it long enough, the kind of the, the lie that he's telling about himself, they'll, they stop being able to discern whether you're telling it like it really is or how you want them to believe. So if I'm putting uh, the writing in the best possible light, maybe they were showing like, you can still uh, do the wrong thing if someone is believing that you're doing the right thing. Like if somebody's buying into, like if Lillian was like, "Oh, I guess this is how chess is played." I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess I'm. I, I guess I'm sort of tying that to his dialogue that like he's fooling people and and being able to manipulate like a situation. Jedi mind trick. Like black goes first now. But but it could also just be they don't they don't know the rules of chess. I feel like one of those two explanations is very generous and the other one is accurate and I'm <laughs> not going to say which is which, <laughs> but well, that's a, that's an awesome write in because I didn't notice it obviously, but I did watch Queen's Gambit. So obviously I got nothing from that <laughs> bad television show. <laughs> well, now I got to watch the Queen's Gambit. It's so very it's, good. I've heard yeah. very good things. Uh, well, Kanisha wrote in to ask the question, quote, does Lex know Kara is in the phantom zone? She was pre, uh, does Lena know car is in the phantom zone she was preoccupied with lex's trial and i don't remember her helping the super friends or the vampire alien with the new portal she probably could have been a lot of help there that's a really good point at the end of the previous episode she was in the fortress to punch lex after his powers were taken away so she must have known but i don't understand why lena would rather deal with her family drama than work on getting car out of the phantom zone unquote that's a really good point she did not seem uh bummed out that her her supposed best friend was uh in another dimension uh so that is a really good point uh yeah that really is i I was surprised that lena wasn't involved now that she's a super friend that she wasn't like 
like weirding everybody out by being too involved in this. Like, <laughs> hey guys, I brought popcorn. <laughs> I guess that's next week. Like she's gonna be a little bit too much for everybody. <laughs> gonna be like, we we do like you. You just you just need to like like care less about it. Like you need to try less. And she's like, okay, so I shouldn't have gotten us team supergirl matching sweatshirts. Or... <laughs> uh, v sent us an email to say, can we take a moment to appreciate that Silas is basically a vampire and the modernized Carmilla web series based on the novel Carmilla from 1872 is about vampire infested Silas university in Syria, Austria. I love that show so this was either a very nice nod or a crazy coincidence either way i was super excited about it i bet that's where that comes from i, I bet, bet that's that why is he's named silas so that's a really really good uh <laughs> thing to point out i have heard great things about that web series so i have never heard of it until <laughs> this email so uh, i'm glad to know about it well uh sony Ravat wrote in uh, to say quote from the beginning of the series Kara's talked about the phantom zone being a place of her worst nightmares and yet we never saw what her nightmares look like she narrated the whole incident instead of us actually seeing it uh did we really need to see the whole trial of lex which made no sense instead of Kara's trauma the biggest waste of storyline was Kara meeting zorel would it have made any difference if instead of zorel someone else had found Kara? No, because he had no purpose in the episode. The things he said could have been said by anyone who was stuck there for a long time. Kara seeing her father could have, uh, should have been messy. She should have blamed him for sending her away. And as a result, her getting stuck for decades in a place that became her hell. Or how about creating Medusa or not doing anything to uh, save Krypton? But no, her reaction was so anticlimactic, like the time she met her mother in season three. The show made a big deal of it, but then it felt so bland. She never confronted Allure for not finding her or using her as bait to capture Astra. Nothing. But for that matter, she also never said a thing to Clark, uh, Clark for abandoning her when she was a teenager. <laughs> All these things are important and should have been explored. I don't know why the show is so afraid to, to say that Kara can be and should be uh, or should be angry with all these people. She should be allowed to be a well-rounded character. Yes, she can love people, but people have complicated relationships with their families all the time, which the show perfectly explore, explores with Lena. So why not do the same with Kara like they used to do in season one? Kara is the hero of the series, but that doesn't mean she has to be a two-dimensional character whose only job is to give hope speeches and punch hard. Her complexity should come from her family trauma and abandonment issues. I hate when I can't I, I hate when I can tell what every character in the show is going through except Kara. That is a really good point. That is a really good point because I think this email was really right in saying like Carr's reaction to Zorel was, was, was very much like, you know, just a random character who happens to be in the phantom zone. Like all their dialogue was about the phantom zone, how to get out of the phantom zone. It, like it was nothing about like, Hey, I found out some things about you recently, like within the last couple of years that I, you know, I don't like, or, Hey, it's great to see you again. My dead dad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she she immediately went to uh, let's get out of here. So yeah, pretty fast, pretty fast. Does seem like they are rushing some stuff. Uh, let's see. I think we're on Brand's email. Yeah, Brand wrote in saying, "I admit I was skeptical based on what 
I'd heard about this episode, but it was surprisingly good. The beginning had strong Buffy the Vampire Slayer vibes. Nia at Catco was hilarious, too. You could almost see the internal monologue of, wait, we're supposed to actually cover things unrelated to our superhero identity? (laughs) (laughs) Carr told me we just had to be here for meetings and write about ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Andrea has clearly caught on that Supergirl likes Nia and William. Uh, It was also super cool to see Kara's dad, even if he seems like a phantom. The episode definitely felt Kara-focused, even... Uh, for most of the Earth scenes and seem to foreshadow interesting developments for the rest of the season, including hope that we'll see some resolution with Nia's sister. That would be great. I think that, that would, be would be good great. for she, the character of Nia. She did bring her up finally, so I feel like it would be nice to circle back around to like a nice, you know, Nia yeah, story. I mean, if you put something in an episode, you need to pay it off, right? That's that's how that works. I mean, not always here, though, <laughs> unless you delete the scene with, with the payoff. Oh, my God. Uh, and our final email, I believe, uh, comes from Mark, who had some feedback about Rebirth. And he says, quote, if I remember correctly in discounting the crisis of infinite excuses, Magan is a white Martian. Wasn't she actually unable to mind connect and perform the bond, I think he said, with uh, with Jean because of what? Uh, because of that when she first arrived or was it just that she didn't want to do so because her being a white Martian with her uh, personal terrible secret second on a show that was initially about a woman discovering and embracing herself and her inner strength. I wasn't super happy with Jean essentially telling Alex, you know, I used to be a boss and I remember this person on Mars who I've never mentioned to you before, but I happen to have this, uh, uh, he he wrote the word ingot. I don't know what that means, but maybe it's like a symbol of, or some kind uh, uh, of thing here that so. just uh, somebody look up that word ingot. <laughs> tell me what it means here that just came out of the props department 3D printer and that looks weirdly like a stylized comet. So let's just say that you'll be using that person's name and symbol from now on. Okay. Uh, oh, <laughs> and I'm gonna need you to work Saturday. Also, given everything that happened since last spring, that Batwoman logo on the Justice League board looked glaringly out of place. <laughs> oh, by the way, an ingot is a block of steel, gold, silver, or other metal, typically oblong in shape. Oh, well, that's yeah. uh, that actually makes sense now. Okay, the thank you. you looking- <laughs> thank you for looking that up. Uh, Mark goes on to talk about this week's episode, A Few Good Women. As far as this week's episode goes, after what Morgan mentioned about another show in the eye makeup a couple of weeks ago, I think you were talking about um, the, the dupes on Roswell. Yes. Um, is it so possible good. that superhero Alex is actually her evil twin? <sighs> uh, <laughs> I loved. Uh, he also says, I've loved John Cryer's Lex, but at this point it feels like they were just too lazy to think up a new villain for the final season. And, and he's reminding me of Siler still hanging around in season four of Heroes. Oh, that's such a good uh, that's such a good uh, comparison because uh, Siler didn't. He was he was great at the beginning. Didn't make much sense uh, for him to be there by the end. Um, and uh, Mark says, just pack him off to jail already. It was great to see Kelly actually being a therapist instead of a quantum wave radiologist or whatever else they had her <laughs> doing last season. And I suppose we should just count our blessings that no one thought it would be a good idea to do a deep fake Peter O'Toole in as Zorel, but I'm still anticipating him offering her a squirt. So a lot of our listeners <laughs> really want to see that parallel to uh, Supergirl, the movie. I really want, like, since we're in the phantom zone can we get like some call out to supergirl the movie but just before they leave the phantom zone that's all i'm asking i'm not asking for anybody to snap i'm not asking for a turtle boy or girl those Uh, those are those are too much to ask too much to ask i get it director bones too much too much (laughs) 
just somebody offer a squirt. <laughs> we don't ask for much. It's really We're not it's, asking for much. <laughs> all right. So I think we have some people we need to bring in. Uh, for some snap judgments. Uh, so what we're trying to do with the uh, Patreon right now is uh, getting folks uh, who do uh, go to the snap, either the snappy listener or the boardroom boss uh, levels to bring them on with us to make some snap judgments. So I, I see Susan just became a snappy listener. A listener. Oh. So we're going to bring uh, Susan, the, le- uh, the legal, uh, uh, super radio legal consultant back on. We're going to bring Leslie back on. And it looks like we also have Ermgard here. Uh, so we've got a full house making snap judgments. So everybody get ready. This is going to be a doozy. All right. And uh, just since we have a lot of people on the stream, if you're not talking, mute yourself if possible, and then uh, bring yourself back up uh, when you want to speak. Okay, so let's uh, get into snap judgments once I get the uh, intro in and we'll be right back to make some snap judgments. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, so we have a lot of snap judgments to get through, and I really know we're, we're, we're kind of running, we're kind of running long. So these these have to be literally a snap judgments. Uh, so so we'll go through them. Uh, so first one uh, that we'll get to right now because I see it in the chat. Claudia says snap judgment, <laughs> bigger surprise character, Dracula or Zorel. Uh, so I guess she was. Uh, is, is this uh, Claudia? Is this Dracula? Dracula or is this Silas? Dracula? Let us I would know in the chat. Silas. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so wh- how are we feeling about Silas versus Zorel? So, I guess we'll start with uh, Susan. Who would you pick as your your bigger surprise character? Definitely Dracula. <laughs> Dracula. All right, Leslie. What would you What would you say to the snap judgment? Dracula, because I wanted Zoltar, not Zorel. Ah, yes. He same here. All right. All right, Ermgard. Who Who would you pick? Dracula, definitely. Yes. Uh, uh, alien vampires. Who knew? Yeah, I think right. Full House for Dracula. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. May, maybe I'll go Zorel. I'm disappointed he's not Zoltar, but eh, he's Supergirl's dad. I, I guess I'll give it. So, Morgan, who would you pick? You'd pick Silas? Oh, also, yeah, also Dracula. I was like, what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to get to some uh, uh, some snaps that were sent into us. So these are from Gina. So scene that should have been shown. Lena's feelings on Kara being stuck in the Phantom Zone or Alex telling uh, Kelly Kara is Supergirl. Which one would you have rather seen? Uh, Susan, which one would you pick? I would rather have seen Lena's reaction to Kara, but I think that for the show's purposes, the glaring omission was the Kelly-Alex conversation. Oh, absolutely. Uh, So, Leslie, which one would you have rather seen? Uh, Kelly-Alex. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Armgard, I have a feeling I know which one you're going to say, but uh, what, what would you yeah, think? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you remember my tweets that night. Dancing <laughs> all the way, people. Come yeah, on, yeah. seriously. I mean, I hate to say it, but that's the only reason I didn't. It it, it just was wrong. It, I, I, like I said, I've been a long-time watcher ever since it started, and that just was wrong to Alex and Kelly, and long-time list, uh, watchers of the show, I think. Yeah, there's a big disrespect to the characters in that relationship. Uh, Morgan, which one would you have rather seen? Uh, Lena's reaction to a car being the Phantom Zone or Alex, uh, Alex telling Kelly about uh, Supergirl? Alex and Kelly, they built it up and then they just dropped it. It was it was worse than when they like dropped uh, storylines between season one and two. It was worse than the, the James and Cara thing. Like, 
Don't don't yeah. tell me that you have a dramatic secret to share and then not see and, and then share it off screen. That's like writing one oh one. It's not like they've ever done this on the show before. Where they had the somebody <laughs> with a with a deep dark secret and then they cut it on the cutting room floor. I'll never know. <laughs> uh PS, I got an email from Mark about Jean's secret. So if we want to spoil do we do we want to keep it a, a mysterious secret for the rest of Supergirl Radio or do we want to Did know we what it is? Find out what it was. We do, we do know what it is. So I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to consider maybe talking about Jean's uh, super secret whole episode about that. We could uh, the TVD hiatus. We're going to talk about Jean's the dramatic <laughs> reveal, <laughs> <laughs> which everyone probably already knows. But we're still we in should the dark just about have it. everybody send in what they think Jean's deep dark oh. secret is, and then we yeah. read all of the different theories, and then at the end we we tell them what it actually was. <laughs> I, I love it. We're going to do it for sure. All right, so the next one from Gina. If you're feeling down, which would help? Andrea bringing a bottle of scotch or Alex bringing bags of pot stickers? Which one would you rather have? Uh, Susan. D, all of the above. <laughs> yeah, you got you to pick one, scotch or pot stickers? Pot stickers. Okay. All right, Leslie, which one are you uh, making yourself feel better with? Um, pot stickers. Pot stickers. All right, Ermgar, which one would you pick? I like uh, my whiskey, but I'd rather have pot stickers from Alex. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a fun time to uh, uh, get some pot stickers with the Danvers sisters. Uh, Morgan, which one are you uh, consuming? Scotch is too much for me. Uh, so I'm going pot stickers. I don't want anything that's going to like burn on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot handle that hard uh, liquor. I guess I will. I guess I will say uh, pot stickers, but I've never had them, so I don't really know what they are. I guess I'll have to really? try them sometime. Oh, oh my god. god, they're so good, Rebecca. You've got to. You've got to try them. All right, I, I, they're just uh, dumplings. Oh, okay. It's a, well, yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's a regional thing. Dumplings versus mm-hmm. pot stickers. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, in that case, yeah, pot stickers for sure. All right, right, the last one. The last one from Gina: alien vampires or alien dragons? Because we've had both of those. Uh, so, Susan, which one are you picking? Definitely the vampires, just because Claude is so adorable. Yes, he, he is. He's done a good job. Uh, Leslie, which one are you picking, uh, vampires or dragons? I like Silas, but I like dragons, so I'm going with dragons. Oh, uh, dragon. oh, why? Why am uh, Spike the dragon? That was the name of the the alien dragon mm-hmm. that we had. Um, so Ermgar, which one uh, do you prefer? Sorry to Claude, but I take Spike the dragon. You can pick him up and pet him. Yeah, he, he 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 grows and shrinks down, and so you can like pick him up and take him with you. Uh, Morgan, which one are you picking? Silas was great. I love a good vampire, but oh, I can't I can't turn down a pet. So sorry, oh. it's the dragon. <laughs> Spike the dragon was so cute with Supergirl. I'm, I'm picking I'm picking uh, alien dragons uh, for myself. Okay, so these are from Nicole. Uh, portals or pods? <laughs> this is this is the age old question on Supergirl Radio. So uh, Susan, uh, do you have a, a preference? If you, I guess I guess the question is if you're gonna escape somewhere. Maybe that's maybe that's how we should think about it. If you had to escape, would you want to use a portal or a pod? I think I'm going for pods because they're more fun when they crash. Oh, that's that is that is true. Uh, Leslie, if you're going to escape somewhere, are you using a portal or a pod? Portals, but there were too many portals in uh, Rebirth. But uh, portals, so many, <laughs> so many. Uh, uh, all right, Ermgar, which one are you picking? I guess I'm going to have to go with pods. Uh, portals you never know if you come all the way on the other side all that's together tr- again that's a really good scientific question are are you going to come out like missing an arm like wh- what i mean i guess i guess if you're if you're you know using vibe technology i guess you're fine but uh <laughs> morgan what would you pick 
I'm going portals. This uh, I don't have to do airfare anymore. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I I like the idea of just stepping through something and going to the other side. But I also like the idea of being in a spaceship. So I'm, <laughs> and I could I could crash somewhere and be like the next guest star of a TV show uh, for that season. <laughs> so so, <laughs> so I think I'm picking uh, pods on that one. Nice. All right. So the next one from Nicole. Which would you rather watch? <laughs> this is this is gonna be a good one for the the legal consultants. <laughs> which would you oh. rather watch? realistic legal proceedings or inaccurate but dramatic courtroom scenes so susan where do you come down on this i come down on dramatic but completely unrealistic because realistic are boring and i sit through a lot of them all day (laughs) you don't want to watch that on a tv show um so leslie which one are you picking uh would you rather have it be accurate or dramatic um, dramatic, but not ridiculous. And we got <laughs> ridiculous this week. That seems fair. That seems like a reasonable thing to, to think. Uh, so, Armgard, what are you picking uh, for courtroom scenes? Dramatic. As yeah. long as it's not another Luther trial, though. <laughs> we, we've put l- the Luthers on trial so many times on Supergirl. Uh, Morgan, which one would you pick? This is tough. Like, is it highly edited? Because if so, then it's just uh, it's just all the murder documentaries I watch. So <laughs> maybe realistic. But I feel like if I had to sit through like an entire long realistic trial, then then dramatic would be my choice. I like a good uh, uh, like a realism into it. I really liked the closer because it you know on TNT. I know Leslie, we talked about that before, where it was like pretty accurate to how policing is done, and so I I like that a lot better. And I, I get upset when things are not correct. Uh, so, so that's what I would pick uh, realistic legal proceedings. All right. So the next one is Cara's excuses for missing work or Nia's excuses for missing work. So. Uh, who who lies about their their uh, uh, inability to work better, Kara or Nia? Uh, Susan, who would you pick? Nia lies better because Kara just disappears, doesn't lie at all. <laughs> she doesn't even bother. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, who gives the better excuses for work, Kara uh, or Nia? Well, Kara's uh, been at it longer, but she's not very good. And so I would say Nia. All right. Uh, Ermgard, who would you pick? Nia also. Uh, Morgan, yes. who's, who's, who's your pick? Nia at least attempts it, so I'm going to give it to her. <laughs> Car is just a bad liar because she doesn't want to lie to people, so I, I think uh, Nia's probably better at that because she doesn't have maybe that, that qualm about it. Okay, so the next snap judgment is a best moment of frustration, Alex throwing Chinese food across the kitchen or Brainy snapping a keyboard in half. Uh, so which one was the better moment of frustration? Uh, Susan? I am all about the splattering Chinese noodles. <laughs> <laughs> what a waste of food. Uh, Leslie, which one was the uh, better moment of frustration? I, uh, it's hard. I liked both. Um, I think I'm going to go with uh, uh, Brainy snapping the keyboard. Nice, nice. Ermgard, which one would you pick? Well, if Alex would have thrown all of the food on the ground, I would have said her. And I'm thinking she probably didn't want to throw it all on the ground because they all wanted to eat after they were done with the scene. So I'm have to go with uh, Brainy. He was better. Nice. Yeah, Brainy actually did uh, completely destroy the keyboard. So there's there's that for him. So uh, Morgan, which one would you pick? I'm going to go with snapping the keyboard because I think she makes a good point. Like Alex only threw a couple of those containers, but she's like, we are going to be hungry later. <laughs> so, you know, we're going to save that low main, um, but I'll throw the pot stickers. But Brainy did snap the one keyboard he had on his computer. So... Also, why does Brainy need a keyboard? 
That is a good question, isn't it? Yep. He can control all kinds of technology. Why would why would he? I'm I'm not even gonna ask the question. Um, okay, so the last one from I think this is Nicole. Yeah, this one is from Nicole. Uh, boardroom or ballroom crossover event? Lena's courtroom outfit in season four or Lena's courtroom outfit in season six from this week? And I have uh, photo comparisons if you need a refresher. Uh, so, so which, which was the better courtroom outfit from Lena? So Susan, uh, season four or season six? Uh, season six, not even a close call. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Leslie, which one would you pick? I think the more appropriate attire for the courtroom would have been season six. However, that season four, that, uh, striped, uh, blouse and she's wearing a leather skirt, um, and so I'm partial to the season four. So I'm going to go season four. Nice, nice. Uh, Ermgar, which one would you pick? Season six. Way better. Solid choice. Uh, Morgan, this, this, this yep. is a real thinker. Which, which one are you picking here? It is a real thinker. Uh, the season four was a good look, a strong contender. <laughs> but in season six, she said, throw open those doors. I'm incriminating myself, but I'm going to look gorgeous while doing so. so I'm going season six. <laughs> yeah, I'm also going to go season six. But to Leslie's point, season four was also a great look. Um, so good for Lena with both of those courtroom uh, outfits. All right. So Leslie actually sent these in. So uh, what was the better special effect in the premiere in Rebirth? Magan and Jean destroying the satellites when they were up in, in space or Supergirl defeating the Leviathan robot. Um, and remind me, uh, Supergirl defeating the Leviathan robot. Uh, when when did she do that? I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to thing. But she put the thing in the in the thing. <laughs> oh oh, when she when she like murdered pencil skirt basically. Yes. R.I.P. Oh man, yeah, that's she, so. She put the thing that Alex gave her into that tower. Yes. Okay. The yes. Big, I'm, uh, what was it? The USB thing in the port. I'm I'm there yeah, now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. So, what was the better a special effect? Uh, Magan and Jean destroying the satellites, or Supergirl uh, getting rid of pencil skirt, much to my dismay. Uh, Susan, <laughs> which one was the better use of special effects? I'm struggling with this one because I thought the USB in the port was one of the most ridiculous things I've seen in a long time, <laughs> but the special effect after she did it was really cool. So I think I'm going to go with that one. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Leslie, what, what's your pick on this one? Uh, satellites. Okay. Okay. Our Ermgard, what, what's your pick? I think the USB too, because like because uh, uh, afterwards what happened, she went like up into smoke. So yeah, that one was better, I think. All right. And Morgan, what's what's your choice here? I think it was the satellites. I think, you know, the in the sky was a little bit more exciting. I think uh, Magan and Jean, it was a it was a neat use of their powers because normally like David Harewood's just in a scene like you know, doing this and <laughs> looking like, kind of looks like he's got a headache. <laughs> yeah. Like so it was actually actually cool to see them in space as martians like doing that so I, I thought that was pretty cool all right so the next one from leslie is in the premiere in rebirth what was worse lillian's pink pantsuit or alex's eye makeup uh so so which one was worse susan there's very little you could put on this list that wouldn't be worse than alex's eye makeup so <laughs> i'm going for that one <laughs> all right leslie what what are you going to pick there I thought Lillian's pantsuit was garish. Um, however, the eye makeup is horrible and distracting. So I will go with eye makeup. 
Gotcha, gotcha. It, was that the one where she had like uh, pants that were not all the way down? I felt I felt I like those so. pants were a little short, uh, like she was you know waiting for a flood or something. She, but she's also very tall, she's so very maybe tall. It, maybe it's feet. hard to find those kinds of pants. So I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to judge it too much. Uh, Ermgard, which one was worse, uh, Lillian's uh, pantsuit or Alex's eye makeup? We need to calm down on the eye makeup. It's definitely the eye makeup. You need to give a little bit lesser. Or, or give this... her glasses, you know, sunglasses. I don't know. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Like some tactical glasses. I could be in yeah. yeah, I uh, mean, you know, like Tony Tony Stark has, right? You know, they bring up a thing and stuff. Why not? Yeah, I mean, give her some of those uh, Batfleck glasses from uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Although he wears them in the other one, too. But we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> uh, Morgan, uh, which one is your pick for which one was worse? Oh boy, that eyeshadow. There's there's not much you can say about it. <laughs> we we might be five for five. I'm gonna go I Alex's think, <laughs> I think the panel has agreed. <laughs> <laughs> they need they need to just go back to the drawing board on this one. Um, okay, so what was uh cringier or more cringy? Uh Lex singing My Way by Frank Sinatra twice in season four, or we are the champions in rebirth. Uh so we're we're going for cringy here. So Susan, which one was uh cringier for you? I think I'm going to go with We Are the Champions because somehow Frank Sinatra just seems more appropriate than Queen. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. I, I, I liked that Frank Sinatra was tied to Lex. That was kind of a neat choice. Uh, Leslie, which one is your pick here? Uh, my way. I can't stand it. And um, <laughs> I wish he wouldn't sing. Yeah, he did overdo it, I think, in, in uh, that season. So that's a fair point. Uh, Ermgard, what's your pick here? Um. It would be a we are the champions because he's not a rocker. He's a gentleman villain. Ah. He's not a rocker villain. Yeah, maybe it's not his kind of music. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Uh, Morgan, what, what, what's your level of cringe here? Yeah, we are the champions. Definitely over my. He seems like the kind of dude who would be way too into my way, like as like <laughs> a life like philosophy. He's like, no, no, I'm gonna do it my way, just like oh, old Frankie says. And I'm like, you know, like no, that's not. You don't have to live your life like that song. Uh, <laughs> but the the we are the champions just seemed like a weird choice. Uh, yeah, it did seem to kind of uh, come out of nowhere. Um, oh, this is tough because I did sort of like his. His uh, playing with the sword, and then he blew up the stuff in the fortress. So some of the presentation there, I thought, was pretty good. Uh, ooh, it's tough. That's tough. Um, I think because I like him more associated with Frank Sinatra, I'm going to go uh, that uh, Queen was cringier. So I guess uh, we'll say that one. All right. So the next one is, what was the worst courtroom scene? <laughs> ooh, this is going to be a tough one. Uh, Lena and James testifying at Lex's first trial in House of L. Uh, or Lena testifying in Lillian's trial uh, in... Uh, okay, all right, so help me out with this, Leslie. Is it uh, the House of L when James was testifying at Lex's trial, then Lena testifying at Lillian's trial, and then there's also... It's the super life. It's, that one's from it's a, the 100th episode. Yeah, so that's the one where she, like, pleads, pleads she the, took the fifth. She took the fifth. So these, those are the three um, uh, courtrooms, uh, courtroom trials that we're talking about here. And so the question is, which one was the worst? Uh, Susan, uh, what are your thoughts on this? I think I've blocked them all out except for this week. So I'm going to just take that for lack of recollection <laughs> of anything else in detail. Uh, re repression of the other scenes. Uh, so, Leslie, what is your, your personal opinion? Um, a few good women. That was the worst. 
Ah, that's a big offender. A big yes. offender. Uh, Ermgard, which one uh, would you say was the, the worst courtroom scene? Uh, I'm going to have to say this one because I sat down the next day and I timed uh, everybody's time to just see how much time each character had. And the court scene was the longest out of all scenes. So that one definitely. Somehow that doesn't surprise me, but it's no. kind of surprising. But it was it uh, be. actually I just timed the Luthers, which meant either Lena, uh, Lillian, or uh, Lex in the scene, and that came up over fourteen minutes for the whole episode. That's too much. <laughs> that is uh, a good like half. <laughs> yeah, for for an episode about a few good women, Lex was in it a lot. Uh, so many, so many um, Lex scenes. Uh, Morgan, which is your uh, your worst courtroom scene? I feel like my like my soul left my body watching this episode's courtroom scene. <laughs> a few good women, like I was like, I don't know what's happening. Everything's wrong. Like so, I'm gonna g- give it to this one because the other ones, I went, I don't think that's how it works. Like, but this one, I was sure. Uh, I was sure I knew that wasn't how it worked. <laughs> yeah, I think A Few Good Women is probably the worst one. But uh, I like the, uh, I think the other two, I actually, I, I knew it was probably not accurate, but I enjoyed them. <laughs> this one was kind of just weird. Uh, so I'll probably uh, agree with you on that. All right. So y'all strap in. These snap judgments are from Anna. Oh, so, no. <laughs> so, so get ready. We're going to, we're going to really go into some things. All right. So. What did Alex do with all the pot stickers? All right, so here are your options. The first option is she threw them out piece by piece while while alternating between sobbing and yelling in anger at the loss of the person she had promised and failed to protect. Or here's the second one. Uh, Alex spent the night breaking into random apartments and throwing pot stickers at confused people while yelling, <laughs> you're not car and you'll never be, but take this. Um, so those, those, are your two, those are your two options. <laughs> so I'm going, I'm going for number two based on laughter quotient. <laughs> okay. All right. So she's she's throwing pot stickers at confused people. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think she's throwing pot stickers at anything in her orbit on the earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So Leslie, which one are you picking for Alex? One is in character with uh Alex's character, but two is definitely funnier. So, <laughs> okay, so we're going with two. All right, Ermgard, what I know you're a big Alex fan. Uh which which one do you think she's doing? Seeing as they said in the description that Alex was going to have a breakdown, it should have been number <laughs> one. And look at that one tearing it apart, crying and you bastard. <laughs> yeah, would have been number one for me. But but isn't uh, throwing uh, food at <laughs> random people? Isn't maybe that's also a sign of a mental breakdown. <laughs> things, things aren't that's going true. well for you if but you're breaking into. Takes, <laughs> but remember how they said it was going to be a big breakdown. It was a tiny breakdown. So yeah, no. the number one would have ch- took longer. Than it, the true, true, true. That, that's fair. Uh, Morgan, <laughs> what do, what do you think Alex is doing? I have to go with number two because I like the combination of like a breakdown, but also being kind of helpful. Like, here, <laughs> take this pot sticker. Car can't eat it. <laughs> She's just helping other people out. Going around to all her neighbors here. Like, you want some pot stickers? My sister's in the phantom zone. <laughs> like, okay, that's too much information, Alex Danvers. <laughs> oh, my God. Please post Nicole's comment. <laughs> uh is it a uh, rage rage fugue with pot sticker projectiles? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think I like I like the second one, so I'm going to go with that as well. Okay, so this is the next one from Anna. All right. So the question is, what will happen with Kara and her father? 
here's your first option. As they finally escape, it is revealed he is nothing more than a phantom hallucination, and Kara begins to sob as she... There's a lot of sobbing in Anna's judgment so much. (laughs) Kara begins to sob as she realizes she has been alone this whole time. Or... Here's your second option. As they are about to escape, the phantoms converge and he sacrifices himself for her. And the last thing she sees is her father screaming in pain. I knew this was going to go somewhere, Anna. (laughs) An image she'll have to live with the rest of her life. Okay, so the two options, uh, phantom hallucination or screaming in pain. Susan, what's your choice? I'm going with phantom hallucination Although they'll probably end up doing screaming in pain because they have a tendency to completely upend Kara's entire entire reason for her personality and existence, <laughs> which starts with her parents dying. And, you know, they actually have to resurrect him as opposed to just having him resurrected as a fantasy. But I still like number one better. <laughs> all right. All right. Good, put, good, good pick. Uh, Leslie, are you going phantom hallucination or screaming in pain? Um, I believe uh, a hallucination because if he's screaming in pain, that would make him real and she would have to um, see him die. Um, she suffered enough. So I'm just going to, I think she can psychologically handle a hallucination better because she's been in the phantom zone and she knows what the phantoms do. That's a really good interpretation of that snap judgment. Uh, I yeah. like it. Um, Ermgard, uh, what, what do you think uh, is happening with Zorel? Okay, if it wasn't the last season, uh, I would say they would just make him a phantom thing. But seeing as it's the seeing as it's the last season, they they I think they definitely it's definitely he's going to die in the he's going to save his daughter and it's gonna you know just add some more character to our character, I guess. All right, you heard it here first. Ermgard thinks Zorel is no longer <laughs> for this world, so we're, we're going to come back if you if you got that right. All right, so Morgan, <laughs> we don't know if 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 uh, her mother is still alive. I mean, it's been after crisis. They really haven't said if she's alive or not, right? Well, that's after technically crisis. true. They haven't said oh, anything. Yeah. No, I guess I, I guess I just assume she is. Oh, she's she alive. is. Yes. Did they say that? When did they say that? Did they say it? they said it in um, the fifth. Uh, episode of Crisis Post-Crisis. All right, we're going to have to go back and revisit that. To, yeah. I remember being so confused after Crisis. I was like, it what is that? dark time. It was a statement by Carr. She's like, even uh, Argo's up there. That's Oh, yeah, because <laughs> Argo, right. Argo, Argo right. did survive. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm glad we cleared that up. Okay, Morgan, um, which, which of these two choices are you picking? Well, I think both of them are entirely plausible with like where we are in the story right now. I could see both of them happening. I think I pick phantom though, because I think one is less trauma for Kara and it kind of goes more into like being in the phantom zone him being in a hallucination. So I go hallucination. I, I like the idea of him being hallucination because that's kind of a twist, but I think uh, they're going to maybe do the Supergirl the movie homage and have him die as he uh, helps her out. So I think I'm going to go screaming in pain. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be it. Okay, so the next one from, is this the last one from Anna? Okay, so this is, the, this is the last one from Anna. So uh, here we go. So what would you rather see happen? Here's your first option. Kara alone and lost in the Phantom Zone alternating in and out of torturous hallucinations, crawling through it all and screaming the names of those she loves as she fights to stay sane and escape. 
or you're just like second option. This lean- one's going to be cheerful, right? <laughs> so cheerful. All right. So the second, second option is Lena entering the phantom zone, calling Kara's name as she begins to suffer from flashbacks of seeing Supergirl being beaten by rain before finally Lena and Kara find each other and hug in relief, but it's too late and the phantoms converge and drag them apart as they scream. So these are some real, real uh, happy, happy ending kind of stuff. Uh, so, so Susan, uh, what, what would you, uh, let's see, what is the question here? Just to make sure I get it correctly. What would you rather see happen? So this is based on your subjective opinion. Uh, would you want to see Kara Lawson alone in the Phantom Zone? Or do you want to see it involve Alina? I'm going with number two because I am continually frustrated by the show's lack of character development and interaction. And at least they both have a really horrible ending, but at least that one is enjoyable (laughs) to watch up until the horrible ending. True. Fair point. Fair point. If you're, if you're going to have a horrible ending, at least uh, have some good character stuff in there. Uh, Leslie, which one are you going to pick? So both assume that she doesn't get out. Right? Oh, it does seem that way. It doesn't seem good. It's, for her. it's an Anna snap judgment. Of course, of course. Right. <laughs> so so um, I wouldn't want Cara to be alone. So I would uh, prefer that she have at least something. So uh, I'll go with number two. Good point. Uh, Ermgard, which one would you rather see? Seeing uh, it's not Alex there, because that's the only way I would accept Cara dying in the end is if her sister is there, which I know sounds kind of mean. But uh, I go with number one by herself. Gotcha. If it's gotcha. not Alex, no, no one else. Yeah, Alex or nobody. That's, yep, it's the soul of the show. It's those two sisters. Ag- so. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, M- Morgan, uh, what what are you? What, what would you pick in this? In oh, this really boy. angsty uh, uh, Anna snap. Uh, 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 Sony put Sony put Anna drinks angst <laughs> for breakfast. She does. I want to <laughs> pick <wants>. neither. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if I had to pick one, uh, I would pick. Number the choice number two with Lena um, for the similar reason that that Susan said like that gives us some character development we would you know see what what the the trauma that Kara was going through that the Phantoms are bringing out but also Lena so maybe we get some Lena character development too and kind of find out what her deep fears are I mean I think I would imagine like just her family <laughs> but I, horses I'm, maybe I'm actually gonna go Kara by herself like fighting through it i want to see car have a really good storyline where she picks herself back up and and uh gets herself out of it i would i would be really into that um so okay so that's going to wrap us up on our snap judgments here thank you all for playing and being with us on this live stream Uh, i'm now going to kick you out though um so have have a great rest of your night thanks for being with us thanks for joining us and we'll uh we'll we'll uh we'll be back with them another time so everybody's going to get out of here and let's see, I'm going to get, sorry, Leslie, I'm, I'm going to kick you out. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, let's uh, wrap up Snap Judgments and then we're going to get to some plugs. No judgments on your Snap Judgments. Okay, well, that is going to wrap up uh, our episode thoughts about season six's episode, A Few Good Women. Uh, so while we're here, actually, let me uh, got to make sure I get the right plug in here. So let's uh, get to some DC plug, DC TV podcast plugs, and then uh, we'll uh, wrap this live stream up.
If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252 and make sure to write and call in before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. You can find links to everything I just mentioned on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. If you enjoy our Supergirl Radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a Tee Public store, so if you are in need of some new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the Tee Public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio, Superman and Lois Radio, The Flash Podcast, and The Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, Black Lightning Podcast, Bad Woman Podcast 2, and Titans and Doom Patrol Podcast just for you, Justice League Dark Podcast, Green Lantern Podcast, Star Girl Podcast, Strange Adventures Podcast, and finally my favorite of bunch, DC TV After Dark, where you're allowed to say fuck. <laughs> It's true. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's true. You can say that on DCTV After Dark. Um, and uh, speaking of the uh, DCTV uh, podcast T Public Store, uh, we recently added the uh, Lena Luther uh, Protocol engaging uh, nice. cartoons in there. That makes no sense. Uh, the only it doesn't mean anything, but <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's a really cool design based off what was on the show. But uh, I the only thing I could make out was like the letters T L W J V E I A W I, which means nothing. It's it's <laughs> it's it means nothing. But uh, if you want to get get that shirt, head, head over to the DC TV podcast T Public Store. Link is in the video description and the show notes. We would appreciate your supports. And we would also like to support our legion of super sponsors for uh, supporting us through the Supergirl Radio Patreon. Uh, those include Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Grout, Yvonne, Quinn, Jessica, Nicola, Leslie, the Supergirl Radio Legal Consultant, and now Susan, the Supergirl Radio Legal Consultant, uh, Abby Armgard, who's made some Snapchat judgments with us this episode, Miriam, Cherie, Donna, Nicole, and Deb. Thank you all for uh, supporting us. And if you would like to become a Legion of Super Sponsor, you can go to patreon.com slash supergirlradio. There are four levels that you can choose from, and there are monthly memberships, and it helps us keep the lights on with some of our fees and helps us do some more things with the podcast. And uh, this is just if you want some extra Supergirl Radio. We're still going to deliver the free Supergirl Radio episodes that you love and enjoy, which I'm going to assume you love and enjoy. Um, (laughs) But uh, but the Patreon is just if you want some extra stuff, uh, you can uh, do that there. All right. And uh, d- sorry, Morgan, did I interrupt you? Were you about to say no. something? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Breathing. I was just breathing it in. All the love from the, the, the Patreon supporters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you can uh, follow me if you would like on Instagram at the Derby Kid. I post the occasional 
picture. And I'm also trying to get people to follow accounts I create, like at Bama Buckfest. You should totally follow it uh, on Instagram because it's a uh, part of my job. So I really love it if y'all follow it. It's, it'll give you some bug content, which I know everybody wants to see. Uh, so you can follow me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. I also have a YouTube channel at uh, youtube.com slash DuckMilkPride. Uh, I am currently trying to organize a panel about Zack Snyder's Justice League with some friends of mine. So that'll probably be a live stream. So if you want to <laughs> come hang out with us, subscribe uh, to Duck Milk Prod. Um, and uh, I guess I could also promote uh, the Fakest. Um, a voice. Morgan is also a, a couple of voices on the Fakest um, that you can go visit at thefakest.com. It's a sketch comedy podcast about uh, a fake news team. And it's hilarious. There's all kinds of crazy stuff that goes on in the season. I actually just recorded my last Leanne Snyder of VOs uh, the other night. It was kind of like, it was, it was kind of emotional a little bit. I've been, been with the fakest for such a long time. Uh, but yeah, so, and we also just, uh, I just found out at least Morgan, I think is known about this, but Abby from the Katie McGraw book club, uh, played Supergirl. On <laughs> so I can't wait to listen to, I haven't listened to it yet. So, uh, I, I think that's awesome. Glad, uh, it, it, <laughs> Bill had asked me like, Oh, do you, do you know anybody who could do the, do the voice? And I was up for the Supergirl and I was like, I actually have like a bunch of people, but <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's a great fit. She gets to play Supergirl. I'm very excited about listening to it. Um, so, uh, I, and if you're also interested in my thoughts on the DC films, you can check me out on, uh, the justice league universe podcast. Uh, but that's it for me. Cool. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojo Tastic. You can always find my cats on Instagram. They're the at the Lab Cats on Instagram. Um, you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, um, where we have some fun stuff. Uh, fun stuff going on. We're going to be uh, trying to do a recap of season five. Just trying to remember what happened in season five before it premieres in uh, in May. Uh, we also dropped our first Patreon exclusive um, because we felt bad. We were like, oh, no, the quarter's closed and we haven't done anything. So what we gave our pay- Patreon supporters is a Drunk Sarah episode. We nice. Had her, but we had her go back to season one, which was not a great season. <laughs> and we had her watch an episode. Uh, we we got her pretty drunk. And then we we were like, what what is this about? So if you if you want additional Drunk Sarah, there are the two previous <laughs> episodes for free on our on our feed. But if you want that season one episode, you can check us out on patreon.com slash uh, Legends of Tomorrow podcast. And you can become a supporter and then you can see how how t- exhausted we are. By the end of that episode, it's like, which one is drunk? Uh, <laughs> we're all so tired. <laughs> we had had like about 40 minutes of technological issues oh, before we started recording. So we were so, so sleepy. Um, and then you can also check me out on DCTV After Dark. We're trying to schedule our next episode, but our last episode uh, featured our own Rebecca Johnson here so it sure did fun times and i talked about how i can't finish uh reading that tolstoy book uh, <laughs> that i started <laughs> reading at the beach get into it you're gonna finish it i believe in you i i, I wouldn't do that no i would not <laughs> put your faith in me to finish a book uh but yeah definitely go check out uh the legends of tomorrow podcast and dc tv um, uh podcast or just dc tv after dark i want to make sure i get that correct All right. Well, I think that is going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. 
And we may not be from the Legion of Superheroes, but everything we do here at Supergirl Radio is through the lens of Supergirl. The CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio. 